1: Vandergrift High School Football is on the air. Brought to you by CW Print Services, Texas Malibu, Chicken Express, Independence Title, Texas Family
0: Physicians, Ideal Signs, Card My Yard, Rudy's, Tomlin Family
1: Orthodontics, Advantage Austin Real Estate, Tommy's Car Wash, Austin Regional Clinic, Appliances Now, Harway Appliances, Texas Pools and Patios,
2: and Gina
0: Rontreel Team.
2: And good evening and welcome to Vatican Vipers football. My name is Merle Burch. I'm coming to you live from Dragon Stadium in Ron Rock as the Vipers resume District 25 6A play against the McNeil Mavericks. I'm joined once game by my partner Hank. Excuse me, I'm all choked up by that Chick fil A chicken, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> as I'm joined once again by my partner Hank Hudson, our engineer and sideline reporter Marcus Spears. Cole Dixon running the board back in the studio. And uh, we've got Linda Salva keeping an eye on the video stream on Vibe. And Hank, the McNeil game used to almost be a gimme for the Vipers. Uh, but as you, Scott Schofield, and I all predicted, former Vanderbilt defensive coordinator Scott Hermes has significantly improved the Mavericks since taking over as their head coach. They knocked off previously undefeated Vista Ridge last week and would like nothing more than to do the same thing tonight to the undefeated Vipers.
1: Well, the Vipers are going to have a target every week, Merle. We talked about that. They're the big boy on the block now after coming into this district as the new guy and winning it in a surprise fashion those first couple of years. But now you're the big kid on the block. And so we're here at one of the cloud-capped towers, the gorgeous palaces of Texas football, Round Rock Dragon Stadium. Is this a dragon I see before me, Merle? And it's uh, it's going to be a great night for football. The weather is beautiful. If the rain holds off, this is actually some real football weather, and it's not... 100 degrees on the field. Right. Uh, McNeil is vastly improved. They won a ball game last week 7-6 to six, uh, against Vista Ridge, as you said. So a defensive specialty coach in Coach Hermes. Uh, they've always got exciting athletes, and he's really transforming the culture here. So, you know, they've uh, McNeil's got some good athletes. Coach Hermes is a proven entity. He was beloved when he was here as a defensive coordinator. Right. So I fully expect him to continue the upward trend. They're starting seven sophomores tonight, Merle. So they're young, and they're, they're going to have uh, all to play for against this Vandergris Pipers team and attempt to knock them off
2: their lofty perch. That's exactly right. They're going to get the Vipers, as always. They're going to get the best effort from everybody, including McNeil tonight. McNeil knows that they are in the midst of the playoff race, and this is a big game here for the Mavericks. So that sets the table here. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Viper head coach Drew Sanders as he talks about the Vipers' huge win over, over Maynard last week and get his thoughts on tonight's matchup with the McNeil Mavericks. You're listening to Vanneken Vipers Football on the Horn. <laughs>
3: Hey Viper fans. It's Coach Sanders again with a Viper Minute.
1: Still waiting for the feed from
2: the studio. Looks like we have some technical difficulties, Merle, but it is a beautiful night for football. Yes, it is. I think he, maybe maybe he choked him a chicken <laughs> sandwich as well. <laughs> yes, he's kind of kind of a goofy night here. But well, you know, it's still we'll early.
1: From. It's still early in the season. We haven't hit mid season him yet. but we're Captain working towards it. Skylar Hopefully tonight we'll see a Vandal Vipers team that comes out and stays focused. I mean, in these kind of games, Merle, when you've got a team that is young and inspired, you, anything can happen. We've seen it before at six A football. So you've got to come out and stay focused. It's a business trip. You know, they're going to have three business trips to Dragon Stadium this season. Right. in a, in a Train, strange twist of fate, so got to take care of business tonight. Well, let's hear from Coach Sanders.
4: And we'll please be joined once again in the pregame show by the head coach of the Vanderbilt Vipers, Coach Drew Sanders. And Coach, it's not easy, but the Vipers are making it look easy as they made, as they rolled to a whopping 51-6 to win over a decent Maynard team on Friday night. Your thoughts on what I thought was a total team win.
3: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I thought that all three phases... Started off strong and finished strong. you know It was one of those games where we were, we were able to execute. I mean one of my favorite things was there's about a minute 58 left, and we were able to drive down the field mm-hmm. again, call the timeout, and then um, scored with 30 seconds left, right um, to make it 41 nothing. I mean, it was just the ability to um, kind of do what we wanted offensively at times. There were times we had to get to, have to convert them fourth down we were four for four on fourth downs um the other day but um defensively missing some guys and still had a very good defensive effort special teams missing once again our kickers Mm -hmm. had um wiley our jv kicker um, which i shout out wiley he's done a great job wiley olson um so yeah all three phases it was it was a it was a nice win
4: yeah, we can look at the stats. Deuce Adams, 16-21 for 273 yards, six touchdowns. His brother Eli caught three of them, Miles Coleman with two, and then uh, uh, Brendan Fournier completing the Goldilocks trifecta out of the backfield. We talked about it before, and credit to the offensive line for giving them all that time to throw. But how much fun is it to just kind of pick your poison there, which one they're going to go to?
3: I mean, it's great. Um, and you're right. You know, you always like to give credit to the O-line. They're doing a, they're doing a great job. Obviously, we have tons of things we got to improve upon. But um – You know, to to make Deuce feel like that he's confident back there has some time to find, if not his first read, then he can go to his second, or he can just roll around, which he Mm -hmm. does a lot, and just find somebody that's moving around. So, um, impressive effort on all on all facets from from the offense, but um, yes, pleased with our pass pro.
4: Well, on the other side of the ball, and you touched on on a moment ago, the defense, especially a banged-up unit, a shutout until the final 28 seconds, and they had to work for that one against uh, the reserves on the field, held their running back that had been averaging 241 games to 77 yards, most of that coming on the last drive. You know, we always talk about the Vipers are known for that swarming defense. I've never seen any defense swarm like they did on Friday night. Talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah, it starts up front, and I thought our defensive line, did a great job missing a couple of linebackers. Those guys that are in right now, we got some underclassmen in are playing well. So I think you know, really that's it. I mean, you got it's got to start up front, and mm-hmm. when you win blocks up front, then then the running back has to go sideways. You heard me interviewed after the game talk about that. And mm-hmm. when this running back, if you don't let him get a head full of steam, you got a chance. So that's kind of was our plan, and it was nice to see it executed
4: yeah they did they did it to perfection as we uh, speak here to Vandig Viper across true Sanders, and uh, next up is McNeil. they've gotten more interesting each year since former Viper defensive coordinator Scott Hermes has taken over. they're coming off a huge seven to six win over previously undefeated Vista Ridge. What happened there? I haven't seen that score since baseball season and uh you know what, what can you tell us about this year's version of the Mavericks?
3: yeah I mean they just um they beat Vista up front um, their defense was just obviously only given up. Six or two field goals is basically mm-hmm. what they kept them out of the end zone. It is impressive. Um, they've scored many points this year, this has so that shows you we're going against a good defense. Mm-hmm. Offensively, them only being able to do seven points, but the strength of Vista is their um, is their defense, and so you know for them to score seven to fourteen or whatever else, I I would think um, wouldn't be that irregular because um, they're they are they put a lot of their talent on defense and they play swarming defense at Vista. Um, they did a nice little hook and ladder. They always are going to have two or three trick tri- plays. Uh, of course, I know Coach um, Hermas really well. also know the OC. He played for me when um, I was a coach in San Antonio, an assistant coach.
0: Mm.
3: Mike Reynolds, he's super smart, just took over the offense, and he has really improved their offense, very organized, and and what what they're doing makes sense. It has levels, and then he always loves a good trick play, and so we got to be ready for that. Uh, but they come in confident. They come in executing at a very high level. Uh, they have a winning record. And uh, they're looking like a playoff team in our district. So this is going to be um, a game that's going to test us, I believe.
4: Well, I mentioned at the beginning about how the vipers are making it look so much easier than it really is. So, and we talked about this in years past. How are you keeping these guys focused and not believing all the superlatives people are writing about them and talking about them and all that kind of stuff? How are you keeping them focused on week after week here?
3: They seem to be doing a really good job of that. We've we've had good starts. We've, you know, themselves. I, th- I think you know. I mean, I, we talk all the time about our goals, weekly goals. We have weekly goals, weekly themes. We don't talk at all about the district title. We talk about what this team, you know, means in the overall scheme and, it, and how important it is to, to, to win this week. And our kids listen to us, I think, and, and you know, it's, it's um, it hasn't even, there's been so many things where it hasn't even been talked about as far as rankings or anything else. I, there's really no reason to talk about it because none of it matters until we get, you know, get to playoffs, see if we can right. sustain and, and play well.
4: Well, it's always fun to go against one uh, of your former coaches and looking forward. That's always fun this time of year when we get in the district place. Any final thoughts here before we let you go?
3: Yeah, it is It is good to go against Coach Hermes. I'm really proud of him. Um, I think he, when he worked with me, he was an excellent coach that taught me a ton of stuff. And so it's really fun and rewarding to see him starting to turn his program the right way. I hope he doesn't keep going the right way on Friday <laughs> night and then gets right back on track. But, no, shout out to him. And his family, they do. They um, are wonderful people, and he does such a good job. Um, and then, one other shout out to my special teams. Um, Scott Buchanan caught his first varsity pass on the fake field goal. Drew Messemaker threw a perfect strike there. That was fun to, to you know, to be able to execute a fake field goal, mm-hmm. um, and so that was beneficial there. So shout out to those guys. And then um, hopefully our fans show up on the road. They did a great job last week. Yeah. Our last time, excuse me, we were at Dragon. Um, and so hopefully they'll show up We're wide and, and um, we can play well.
4: Sounds good. Good luck. Friday night, Coach. Thanks, Merle. Vandegar Fibers head coach Drew Sanders, a guest here on the Free Game Show. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vandegar Fibers Football on the Horn.
2: And welcome back to Dragon Stadium in Ron Rock. Merle and Hank Hudson here with you. moments before kickoff. Coach Sanders' Vipers come in at five and zero overall, two and zero in District Twenty Five Six A. After routing Maynard fifty-one to six last week, the Menil Mavericks, under head coach Scott Hermes in his fourth year at the helm of the Mavs, enter play at three and two overall, and one and one in district play after upsetting Vista Ridge seven to six last week. Menil finishes two and eight last season. Hank, but five of those losses were by a touchdown or less. Uh, the Mavericks haven't won more than four games in a season since 2008, but they already have three wins with five more games to go in the regular season. So uh, clearly, Hank, Scott Hermes has him trending in the right direction. Now, that's an astounding statistic right there, Merle, that you pulled up.
1: Uh, since 2008, no more than three games. That's you know astounding. I mean, he's got the rest of the season to do that, and I'm, my money is on Coach Hermes and the McNeil Mavericks to eclipse that win total. and. You know, i have been interested to watch as a fan right. of football, how they do in the coming years. You know, He's got the culture kind of turned around and <clears throat> you think about them being a playoff team, and you think about the benefit that this Vandergriff team has had, Merle, over the last three years, they've had 14 extra weeks of practice, right? So last year, you had six extra weeks as you go into that state championship game. Uh, then uh, each year before that, making it to the quarterfinal round, you get four extra week, weeks of practice, and the cumulative effect of that uh, it's like an avalanche of just extra repetitions.
2: Yeah, it, it, and that's for the underclassmen as well because the, the freshmen and the sophomores keep working too even though they don't have games. So yes, they yes. Go, get all that extra experience as well. 10,000 hours of practice. to become an ever, expert. Eighth ever meeting between Vandegrift and McNeil. The Vibers have won all seven previous matchups including the last day's 57 and nothing shutout at Monroe Memorial Stadium. So we'll see if the Vibers can make it eight in a row here tonight. Earl Bertrand, Hank Hudson here and you. Welcome aboard on a Friday night. Week number six, actually seven of the high school season, but number six for these two teams. Mavericks kicking off from left to right. The ball's in the air. and We are underway as the kickoff is going to sail back to the goal line. The Vipers are going to bring it out up to the five, to the ten, to the 15. Nice him out across the 20 and bouncing to the outside, and a flag comes down. Eli Adams, Eli Adams on the return out to 27. We'll check the flag. Christian Rayna. Mavericks in the maroon, or the uh, navy blue jerseys and pants, white numerals, navy blue helmet with the sort of chrome forest green emblem on the side. They've done a little upgrade. They're there. Uh, inflatable, as you pointed out, Hank, was a, a lot nicer than what we've seen in the past. So the Mavericks looking good. Still no match for Vic Viper
1: or, no. or Nessie, as we just found out from Matt Sanders. But definitely an upgrade on the uniforms and the inflatable. And love this stadium. Always yes. have. Love this campus. It kind of sneaks up on, on you depending on which way you drive into the stadium. It's like it just pops up in the middle of a neighborhood. But it's right. very intimate right here on the campus of Round Rock High School.
2: Fun place to play football. Penalty on the Vipers on their turn. So they'll have it first and 10 from the 11-yard line. Going from right to left, Vipers in the all-whites. And I big, thick black numerals. Black helmet with the chrome and Sydney on the side. And Deuce Adams in the shotgun. Swing pass right side and the right slant. Complete out the 20. Stiff arm and out to the 27-yard line. And the quick hitter right there, Miles Coleman. What, an, what a season he has had. Last year's area MVP, Miles Coleman, picking up right where he left off this year. First down to the 26-yard line. One receiver wide right, two to the near side. And the handoff to Zade Oliver. Straight ahead running out to the 32. That'll be good for a four-yard pickup. Second down and six for the Vipers.
1: Is operating at pace, substituting personnel between the backs and receivers.
2: Deuce Adams coming in, averaging 16 and 21, 273 yards, six touchdowns last week. 73 out of 100, 1,154 yards, 15 touchdowns, no interceptions for the senior move in from Canyon High School. Quite a stat line. Look to add to it here tonight. Second down, let's call it seven from the 30-yard line. Moving from right to left. Two receivers to the right side. Ball in the far hash. Shuttle pass underneath the Coleman. He's coming from right to left. Cuts it up to the 35. Turns on the speed, breaks a tackle, and gets out to about the 38-yard line. That'll be good for about a seven-yard pickup and another Viper first down.
1: Once again, the Vipers Murrow in multiple formations. That time they started in a three-by-two. Three receivers to the right side, two to the left split. Before the ball is snapped, they motion to a back in the backfield. Uh, move a receiver into a slot. That's actually
2: a pass for those of right. you who saw it on the on the video. First down 10 at the Viper 38-yard line. Scoglin goes in motion left to right, settles into the right tight end. Play action, swing out here to the near side to Eli Adams out across the 40 and shoved out of bounds at about the 45. They're gonna give the pretty good spot there. They're gonna give him the 46-yard line. That'll be good for an eight-yard pickup, second down and two.
1: Viper's looking very efficient. Looking very efficient in their substitutions and
2: like a team that's a well-willed machine so far this year. Miles Coleman, 28 catches, 492 yards, 17.6 yards per catch with seven touchdowns. Eli Adams, 15-3, 348, 23.2 yards per catch with six touchdowns. And there's a handoff to Oliver. Straight ahead running. Big hole out across the 50 down to the Maverick 46 and another first down. They're mixing it up really well, Hank. Yes,
1: indeed. That time you had two guys, Link Scoglin, and I think it was also the right guard there
2: gauge garrison big hole going quickly again swing pass over to the right side complete to coleman looking for blocking gets a little down to the 45 maybe the 44 yard line that'll be a two-yard pickup second down and eight coming up
1: that's that zone read look merle where you pull a guard jacob henry pulling so your rpo action
2: a long handoff to miles coleman for a two-yard gain Second down and eight from the 44-yard line. Play action. Adams dropping back all day to throw. Now fires over the right side, waiting for Coleman. The clear caught. Touchdown, Vandergriff. Well, that looked easy. When he threw that ball, Hank, Miles Coleman was on the touchdown. near hash. He ran underneath it beyond the far hash, caught it in stride. Touchdown, Vipers. I'll tell you what. If you draw it
1: up on the chalkboard, it's, it's exactly what it's supposed to look like. I mean... And, you know, add to that, Deuce Adams, as you said, has got all day to throw the football. Just an amazing job up front by those big hog Mollies. And to your point, throwing the ball to a spot. They've right. apparently run that play in practice a couple of times because Deuce knew exactly where Miles was going to be.
2: Wow, well, the Olsen, second week up from the uh, JV. Perfect last week, stays perfect. And with 9.46 to go first quarter, Vipers draw first blood 7-0. we'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Bandicoot Vipers football on the horn. <laughs> Farley Reed starts to kick it off to the 40-yard line, and he line drives that one down to the goal line. Still it from there, up to the 5, to the 10, to the 15, up the near sideline of the 20, gets a bit of a seam, breaks a tackle across the 25 and out to the 32-yard line. Good return for the Mavericks. Penalty flag is
1: down. We may get offsides on the Vipers here. Hey, Taylor on the return. We'll check the flag. Swarm tackling on all units, including the special teams there. Four or five Vipers involved in that stop.
2: I think McNeil might decline this one. No, it's holding. Holding. Hmm. So just like we saw with the Vipers a moment ago, A penalty. Takes some yardage off the return. The Mavericks take over first down and 10 from the near. Hash going from left to right from their own 22-yard line. Led by sophomore quarterback Jaden Schultz, 43 out of 85, 514 yards, six touchdowns, but eight interceptions. Kind of ratio would expect for a sophomore playing at the varsity level. very will get
1: better. Very sophomoric numbers.
2: <laughs> yeah. But they will come out in a, the old I-formation, which – so it's up under center. And the handoff to the deep back, he's going to be wrapped up and dropped for a loss of a yard or two on the stop of the Vipers. Porter Udy. Uh,
1: Porter Udy and Kre- Cruz Caraschio both getting there. Porter Udy got there first, but that was a devastating combination by those two guys. They've slipped Porter Udy into the nose guard spot. Marils, that's a new look there. right?
2: Number 40, Deshaun Morgan playing that right end spot. Loss of a yard, second and eleven so it's to his left and now the late pitch out gets it out across the 25 pretty good game they're running over people out to the 30 yard line that's going to bring up a third down at about two that was the junior running back Joshua Williams and the Mavericks trying to go they could say the knee touched out at the 28 so third down and four nice pick up that time oh free play Piper's jump and that'll oh procedure okay not a free play procedure against the Mavericks push pushing back five yards that helps
1: well that's not what the doctor ordered if your coach Scott Hermes and he's look looks a bit apoplectic on the <laughs> sidelines about that. You go from third and three to third and eight against
2: this dominant Vipers defense completely different. Viper Defense given up just ten point eight points per game and they've been riddled with injuries. So that we talk about the depth all the time. A Couple of new starters in there. Let's call it 39 from the 23-yard line. Receiver coming in motion left to right. Play action. Dropping back. Kennedy throws it. That ball is thrown underneath, and it's going to be inter-drop. Oh, somehow caught at the 49-yard line. Two Vipers tipped it, and it wound up in the hands of Jarrell Gray, and it's a first down for the Mavericks.
1: Well, that's the kind of thing you're going to see on Ripley's Believe It or Not. Right. Because, like you said, two Vipers got a hand on it. Like Vipers defender went up, got a, got up there a little bit early and just missed time the ball just a little bit. Good old-fashioned tip drill.
2: I think Udy hits Sultz right as he threw the football, forced him to be underthrown. That nine times out of ten, that's an interception. Fakes the pitch out and gets it across the midfield stripe to the forty-eight yard line, just a gain of a yard. Second down and nine. On the stop for the Vipers, look like Hollister Stevens. Second and nine.
1: Boy, the- Mavericks really dodged a bullet on that because you're riding oh, that's, a, that's an interception all day every day but it is a game of excitement and tantalating bounces and tips I think Mavericks take advantage there
2: second down and nine from the 48 yard line of the Vipers one receiver left one of the near side Soltz dropping back stepping up got a receiver a little bit behind the defense and incomplete
1: well, what a great job in coverage right there. Number 22, Aiden Jones. Aiden Jones, yeah. Absolutely stride for stride. I think if you're the McNeil quarterback, you'd think that ball should have been caught. De'Ron Calhoun, the receiver. That was a beautifully thrown pass. He had pretty good time to throw there. But you know, notice the difference, Merlin, the amount of time that the Deuce Adams had to throw versus right. what uh, Jaden Schultz has got quite a bit
2: different. Third down and nine. Connor play to the right side, trying to get the corner turn, will to the 45 and spins down a lot to 43 yard line. It's still about 4 yards shy of the first time. Vipers are saying they got the football, but the officials are saying no. Nice looking play design
1: there in the misdirection. Coach Sanders, it was interesting to hear that the McNeil offensive coordinator played for Coach Sanders, Mike Reynolds,
2: back when he was at San Antonio. Mavericks going forward in fourth and four. That was Joshua Williams on that carry. Chance to get off the field, fourth and four. Fibers with the three-man front spread all across the line. Soltz in the shotgun, the pistol formation. Shuttle pass underneath, and going to cut it back up to the 40. And down to the 38-yard line. That'll be good for the first down. Nifty play there to Jarrell Gray for the Maverick first down. Another counter play. Nifty play design again.
1: Get everybody moving to the left to the wide side of the field. You're on the right hash mark. So you got to defend the big wide side of the field there, and you bring the wing back on the left underneath for a little,
2: hit, little uh, toss. Nice looking play design. The first down and 10. Good ma- uh, drive here by the Mavs at the Viper 38-yard line. 6.14 to go first quarter. Bannick up 7-0. Mavericks on the move. Soltz dropping back. Looking, firing underneath. Right side slidey Catch made down to the 22-yard line by De'Ron Calhoun. Another first down. So
1: the Vipers went seven plays and 89 yards to open the game. Merle for that fr- touchdown. McNeil answering the bell. They've just hit run their seventh play, matriculating down the
2: field very nicely. And what have we got here? Must have been a penalty. Mavericks backing up. Or do they call it incomplete? They it-
1: maybe are calling it incomplete. I don't see any. I flags. Coach Hermes is
2: all the way to the bottom of the numbers. They must have called it incomplete. I think you're right. Second down and 10. Late call. Very unusual. Calhoun sliding to make the catch. His back shielded the football, so we couldn't really see it from here. So second and 10 from the 38-yard line. Pistol formation again. Two receivers left, two to the near side. and off off right tackle, breaking tackles inside the 30, pounding down to the 28 yard line, that's going to be about a 9 yard pickup 1 yard shy, of the first down
1: there's a couple of new starters in there Merrill so you've got number 20 Scott Buchanan getting his first start of the year as a linebacker,
2: Diego Delavara Vasquez is back, that's good from injury, third down and one holds up under center and he's going to take it off the left side, and quarterback sneak down to the 27. Needed one, picks up two, That continues for the Mavericks. First
1: down, Mavericks. McNeil Mavericks looking plenty feisty tonight, bro. Yes, they are. Well coached. They look very well organized. This offensive series is
2: very well designed. Two receivers left, two to the near side. Pistol formation again for Jaden Soltz, the junior of the sophomore quarterback. Cole Baker to the near side, dropping back. Soltz, pass underneath, and a diving catch made at the 16-yard line. No being complete. In and out of the hands of the intended target. Try to get it to Caden Patty. Couldn't quite hang on to it. Second down. Nice extension.
1: I think he couldn't hang on to it as he crashed into the turf. McNeil looking very organized, and you got to take a look at the offensive coordinator. A lot of them like to work off of a script. So you figure their first six to eight plays, maybe, have been scripted. So now they're maybe off beyond the script. They're off the map.
2: Second and 10 at the 28-yard line. Pass over the center of the field. And caught down to the five. And it's going to be first and goal for the Mavericks. Nice pitch and catch to Jarrell Gray, who caught that weird deflection earlier. And this first and goal, McNeil.
1: As the world turns, Merle, that deflection which should have been an interception, has led to a lengthy
2: drive by the McNeil Mavericks. Yeah. Salts up under center. One back deep. Give it to him, and he's going to be swallowed up. Going to lose a couple of yards. A whole host of Vipers getting up from the bottom of the pile, led by Porter Udy.
1: Jacob Henry had to come off for losing his helmet. Doing double duty and as a left guard on the offensive line. Also getting plenty of reps
2: on the defensive line this year. Second down and goal back at the seven. Two receivers left. Two to the near side. Pistol formation. Soltz back in the shotgun now. Draw play up the middle and stacked up back near the original line of scrimmage to the five. Joshua Williams on the carry. Sets up a big third down here. Third and and goal from the five.
1: Big play early in the game here. Looks like Jacob Henry's coming back in the game. Pick number 50 is also a wrestler I hear and got one of the premier wrestling programs in Central Texas under Coach Muck. Yep. I'd hate to have to wrestle Jacob Henry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to see that. (laughs) No, my wrestling days are over. (laughs) Third and goal from the five. Two receivers left, one of the near side. Saltz pass over the left side, incomplete off the mark and the Viper defense bends but doesn't break and that will bring a likely field goal attempt here for the Mavericks
1: might have to give an assist to the Vandegrift Piper's marching band there bringing up the Death Star music for the goal line stands big difference here getting them off the field hold them just, just a field goal if they can convert this or
2: maybe we'll get a block sophomore bryce wilson's uh, four for four in field goals with the long of 37 this one's from 22 basically an extra point good snap and hold the kick is up and he knocks it through. so impressive drive for the mavericks they take it right down the field helped out by a little luck on the deflection to get three points 326 to go first quarter 73 your score vipers on top they're listening to vipers football on the horn Welcome back to Dragon Stadium. 3.26 to open quarter. 7-3, Vipers on top. We're over here along with Hank Hudson. Cole Dixon back at the studio. Marcus Spears, our engineer, he'll be down at the sidelines. We'll hear from him and Coach Sanders at halftime. And Linda Saul, we'll keep an eye on the video stream on Vite. Kickoff coming from the 40. Short kick over to the far sideline. That is going to angle and roll out of bounds. And that will benefit the Vipers. And Hank... Not to be denigrating to McNeil, but this game used to be almost a bye week for the Vipers. They were so much better than the Mavericks. You can see that gap closing, and like you said, McNeil, a very feisty bunch. They're out here to play football tonight. Like The last two years, Merle, the combined score of the Vipers was 100 points. So right. uh, already we're
1: seeing a much improved McNeil team. And you know, if not for uh, that tipped pass on the last drive, they end up going 11 plays and... Uh, 78 yards to score there but that that could have been a you know three three or four playing out if we'd have converted on the interception right. so a game of inches a game of small details that's a that's the kind of situation where the defense needs to go ahead and convert that turnover get them off the field have a short field for the offense so but full credit to
2: McNeil there yep uh, after that they got a little bit of burst of momentum and then took full advantage well, given that history, the Vibers get that interception. If it's not a pick six, maybe they pop it right down to score, 14 to nothing. I mean, Neil just kind of throws up their hands and say, here we go again. Instead, we got a football game here early. Kickoff. Going to sail the Coleman back at the eight-yard line. Field it up to the 10 to the 15, up the right half to the 25. Burst of speed, slips, cuts back to the 30. And he's going to get it out to about the 36-yard line. So that penalty worked out well, but a flag comes in late. I can only hope that maybe somebody got a hand up in the grill or something like that. That is the
1: that's the same that the same ref that's is it the umpire. So the opposite of the back judge, I think he's thrown the same the same referee has thrown the same flag three
2: consecutive kickoffs and that one came in pretty late. He is the back judge. I think he's called. That's the third time he's called that. Yep, and it's going to be holding on the Vipers all three times. He's called a hold. So that'll push Vanneken back. First down and 10 from, well, they're going to spot this football. Probably the 26-yard line. 317 to go opening quarter. Vanneken up 7-3. Second trip to Dragon Stadium this week. We'll be back here next Thursday night to take on the namesake, Round Rock Dragons. So first and 10 for the Vipers at their own 26-yard line, moving from right to left. Adams going to keep it himself out across the 30. Nice burst of speed. Slides in safely at the uh, 31-yard line. they are going to say the knee touchdown at the 35, so a 9-yard pickup, second and one. Offensive line looking big and strong. What a group this year. Swing pass to Coleman. blocking on the edge. He's going to have the first down more of more the far sideline. banged out of bounds at about the 43-yard line, but good for a first down.
1: That quick screen game has been so good for the Vipers mm-hmm. this year. But to do that, Murray, you've got to have great perimeter blocking. And that time you had number six, George Farley, also Jay Scoglin out there. You've got to have great perimeter blocking to do that, and the referee, the side judge, is standing right there. He's so got to right. keep
2: those hands in, two-hand strike with your thumbs up. Great job on the perimeter. First and 10 at the 42-yard line. Viper slipped the formation. They put Schultz in motion now in the left slot. Play action pass. Adams dropping back. All day to throw. Fires over to the right side. He's got a receiver behind the defense, and it's intercepted. Threw that one up, and that's the first interception of the year. For Deuce Adams. Uncharacteristic there, Morill
1: he wasn't in a hurry to make that throw and right. just got a lot of air under it. Thinking he can have one of his speed merchants go down there and run underneath it. Great job
2: defensively by McNeil paying playing center field. So the Mavericks are 244 to go. I didn't see the number who came down with that one. I didn't either. But the Mavericks will get it back first and ten from their own 15-yard line. Oh my, what a difference uh, versus the last
1: couple of years. Here we are nearing the end of the first quarter. Vipers have turned the ball over. Up 7 3.
2: But McNeil, uh, Merle, has again seized some momentum in this game. So we'll see if the Viper defense has made some adjustments after that long previous drive by the Mavericks. One receiver left, two to the near side. Empty back set now for Sultz. And a timeout. Timeout taken by the Mavericks. Let's take it with them. 2.44 to go here in this first quarter. You're watching or listening to Vanneken Piper's football on the horn. After the timeout, the Mavericks can run a little swing pass to the right side. Complete to Aiden Taylor for about seven yards. but Flask can flying in from everywhere. So hold everything. I see Cruz Carrasquillo applauding. That's always a good sign. That looks like a... Confetti burst, all the flags (laughs) flying around (laughs) everywhere.
1: (laughs) Yeah, did. Obviously, some kind of infraction going on there, which was apparent to all of the referees.
2: Holding the call on the Mavericks, that'll push it back and make it first and twenty. I would imagine, unless it's a spot foul. Ten yards
0: from the spot of the hold, it'll remain second down.
1: Well, here we go, Merrill. 2.35 remaining in the first quarter. McNeil seizes the momentum with an
2: interception. And oh, my, how the times have changed. Yeah. Yeah, it was a spot foul. So, first and 15 back at the 10-yard line. Mavericks going from left to right. 2.28 to go opening quarter. Vipers up 7-3, but the Mavericks showing that they're here for for the duration. Dropping back, looking, pass over to the right side. That ball is incomplete. That was dangerously close to a face guarding call maybe there on uh, Diego DeLarra Vasquez. He never really turned around. It's an incomplete pass, so they got away with it. Yeah, that's
1: the second time. I think that's Aiden Jones. We've Aiden seen Jones. him yeah, doing a great job running with the receiver. But once you see his hands flash or his eyes flash, you eventually you're going to have to make sure you get your head around. But the coverage
2: is there. The, the, the good thing about that is he didn't have any contact. Right. Second down and 15 from the 10 yard line. Sultz in the shotgun, pistol formation. Two receivers left, two to the near side. Now coming in motion right to left is Baker. Handoff right up the middle and gets it out across the 10 to about the 12 yard line. It'll bring up a third down and about seven yards to go.
1: The rolling ball of Butcher's Knives, Diego de La Vasquez. Back from his sabbatical. Resuming his reign of destruction from this linebacker
2: spot. <laughs> They're extra angry when they miss a game, too. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Third down, and let's call it 11 from about the 14-yard line. Soltz rolling to his right, under pressure. Fires over to the right side and <laughs> batted away. Almost intercepted so Almost there. intercepted. Great job by uh, Sebastian Covetton crossing in and swatting that ball down, the Vipers figure to get good field position here, forcing a punt, fourth down and eleven from the fourteen.
1: Well, you make a good point there about being extra mad when you miss a couple of games. A lot of these guys are more than willing to play hurt, so it's a right. you know, great job by our you know training uh, crew. Doc Shivers is always right on top of those injuries because you know these guys want to play. Oh yeah, and and you know unless they've got you know you know. An exposed bone or something. A lot (laughs) lot of times they'll push
2: themselves a little too far, so glad Diego got a little bit of a break last week. Low snap. Wilson plucks it off the carpet, gets a high, booming punt. Angles to the sideline and rolls out of bounds. They'll see where they spot it. Vipers will get decent field position. It's going to be down at the 48-yard line. So about a 37-yard punt, no return. Vipers get it back. The turnover doesn't hurt them with 132 to go in this first quarter.
1: Well, good field position here. A little bit lackluster on that last throw from Deuce Adams. Mm-hmm. Getting a little bit spoiled maybe by having all the speed
2: guys run into the clear open field. Yeah, sometimes it can almost be too easy, I think. Uh, I think you're right. Email's open right by the way, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. All one word, plural, voice of the Vipers at gmail.com. First and ten at the 48-yard line of the Mavericks. Vipers moving from right to left. In the road, wipes with the black helmet. Adams empty back, looking. Pass over to the near side. That ball is incomplete to Miles Coleman. Good coverage down the field. Keegan McBride, the senior, with Coleman. Stride for stride. That's not easy to do, by the way. Not at all. Did a good
1: job pinning him at the line of scrimmage. And based on that play there and the previous interception, you know, we've been seeing a lot of cover two schemes. And I think they they may be in more of a cover three or a cover one man under or something like that because having a guy in the middle of the field on that interception and then that last play. But you do leave yourself open if you're in that kind of cover one look.
2: Sure. Yeah, no. It looks like a cover three straight across here. Started out trips wide right, but now they put get in motion going from right to left. And the timeout taken by the Vipers is 126 to go. I'm going to keep it here because I'd never trust going to break when the Vipers have the ball. No kidding. So cover three means you just got three guys
1: playing the thirds you know the difficulty was running that kind of coverage scheme is you'd leave yourself open to the run uh, because you've got an extra defensive back in there but it's a chess match we know coach Hermes the former defensive coordinator for the Vipers working under the grandmaster Drew Sanders so you know he's got a tr- few tricks up his sleeve oh, so yeah always an interesting chess match between coaches, But so far, I will have to say, Merle, I'm very impressed with the organization uh, of, of McNeil and also their improvement. It's just unbelievable. They got, I think, six or seven sophomores starting, as we talked about earlier in the broadcast. They look like a team to be reckoned with
2: in the coming years. No well, Vipers come back out of the field after the timeout. Second down and 10 from the Maverick 48-yard line. Adams dropping back. It was actually a handoff. Sold, sold that one to everybody but the Mavericks. So the chess uh-huh.
1: match continues there. Yeah. It looks like Coach Herman's changed it up a bit and brought an extra guy
2: into the box. So. I thought he'd play action. He was going to bootleg out, but Adams had it. I mean, Coleman had it the whole time, but the Mavericks weren't fooled. Sets up a 30 10 from the 48 yard line. Now Skogan goes in motion, so they got three receivers out to the right side. Adams dropping back. Flush out of the pocket, rolling to his left. He's going to tuck it under, stops, and spins out of the 50-yard line. That's going to go in the books of the sack. Fourth down and 13.
1: Very impressive effort so far by this Maverick defense.
2: They're giving so, up 20 points a game, but they're not looking like it tonight. No. I'm not sure how that happened. They're doing a good job
1: disguising and mixing things up on defense. We've seen a couple of different looks from them as far as the coverage packages. Starting out in one look and moving to something else.
2: So a short, high punt turns over and takes a viper roll. It's going to roll all the way down, out of bounds at about the 17-yard line. Great job there by Drew Messamaker.
1: So one of the great equalizers in coaching is, you know, film, study, and then familiarity with an opponent. Right. So, uh, you know, Coach Hermes worked with Coach Mauser and Coach Sanders for all those years, has a pretty fundamental understanding of what they do. Uh, you know, he have not had the horses the last couple of years to, right. to do anything to stop it. But so far, Coach Hermes has been very effective on his defensive scheme. Viper's not executing with the... Uh, the precision we've seen in the past couple of weeks. So we got us a ball
2: game here with the first quarter drawing to an end. First, Most of the first quarter flew by, but it's taken forever. we got eight ticks on the clock left. Three receivers wide to the left. Now an empty back set. They're going to send a fourth one out there, keeping an eye on the wide receiver screen. Nope, quarterback draw up the middle, and he is going to be stacked up for just a short gain of a yard or two. Diego Barra Vasquez on the stop, and that is how the first quarter is going to come to an end. An intriguing game here tonight at Dragon Stadium. At the end of one, Vipers lead at 7-3. We'll take a break. Get back for quarter number two. You're listening to Bandicoot Vipers football on the horn. <laughs> Welcome back to Dragon Stadium. Start of the second quarter. Merrill Berkshire and Hank Hudson here. High above in what they call the Dragon's Lair. On top of Dragon Stadium. Second down and... They got the chains backwards, don't they, Hank? I think you're right. <laughs> Look at that set up over there. I think the referees
1: are gonna. Yeah, there we go. There we
2: go. Yard marker is like, I got it right. He's like, the, he's like the guy that doubts the eye on the Ohio State marching band. I'm here. <laughs> the
1: rest of you guys are wrong. Yeah, I don't think we're at the level where we have professional
2: chain crews.
1: Still volunteers. <laughs>
2: And yeah, still getting it sorted out. It should be second down at eleven, and right now it's set up at about a second and five. So the officials are checking their notes. The zebra convention over on the bottom of the twenty-yard line over there on the far side.
1: I've been pretty impressed with officiating so far this year and the last couple of years. I think that it's a good point. I think that it's been pretty clean in terms of, you know, controversial calls
2: or no calls. Yeah, we really haven't complained about that hardly at all now that he mentioned it. Yep. We, we reserve reserved the right to complain, right? But we just haven't had the opportunities, you know, in a while, so So it somehow went from second and 11 to second and 9. I thought he had lost the yard on that previous play, but On we go. Second down and 9 from the 20 or from the 19 yard line. Adam consolidated leading Cedar Park 21 to 7, second quarter. Hmm. Mavericks now going from right to left. Again, if you're just tuning in, they are wearing the navy blue jerseys and pants, white numerals, navy blue helmet with the chrome green insignia on the side. I think they gained two yards. On they that. did, yeah. It was second and 11-ish. They got the markers at second and nine.
0: Yeah.
2: Well. One of the officials still talking to Coach Hermes. Uh, I don't
1: what in the world is
2: going on here? I'm not sure. You yep. say a nice thing about the officials. That's what happens. <laughs> That's exactly right.
1: The broadcaster's curse.
2: <laughs> strikes again. Well, we're going to go with what we got. Second and nine from the 19-yard line. Receiver comes in motion right to left. So it's an empty back set for Stoltz. They swing it out to him on the near sideline. or broken up. That might be a fumble. They say incomplete. Tried to swing it out here to Jarrell Gary, but it falls incomplete. Sets so up a 39. Great job over there by the Swiss Army Knife, Drew Mestemaker
1: playing a cornerback spot. Keeping great outside leverage there, forcing the play back to the inside so his
2: compadres can come over and help out. That's a completed pass. So cool. I mean, the End of the season thinking you're going to be the starting quarterback and you wind up just, where can I help? What can I do? Look up great attitude in the dictionary and you'll find a picture of number nine. Third down and nine. Big play coming up here. Viper showing pressure from the edge. Pass over here to the near side. Caught at the 25. And up to the 30. That's going to be good for a first down. Coming back to help out his quarterback was the sophomore, Zach Christie. You mentioned it. Hey, a lot of youth on this Maverick team.
1: That's a sophomore to sophomore connection, Earl. Yeah. So we're going to get to see that again two more years after this. A nice comeback route there. A stop. you got to stop and then retreat
2: back to the line of scrimmage to make that an effective route. And a Good job by the sophomore. First down at 10, play action again, dumps it off underneath and complete up the near sideline of the 40 and knocked out of bounds to the 42, but not before a 12-yard pickup to De'Ron Calhoun, knocked out of bounds by Sebastian Coventon. And here come the Mavericks again. Just underway second quarter, Vipers up 7-3, but the Mavericks, given the Vipers fits right now handoff up the middle and stacked up there for a short gain. First contact made by number 55, that's Ben Boer for about a two-yard pickup, second and eight. Diego
1: De La Vara Vasquez in there as well and I think that Central Texas is being put on alert Merrill the uh, McNeil Mavericks are no longer a layup, right? right? That seven to six win against Vista Ridge and now
2: giving the Vipers all they want into the second quarter here. Second down and eight, play action, dumps it off underneath and incomplete. Great coverage there by Aiden Wood. Just reaching around with the right hand over the back without ever making contact. That's tough to do. Third and eight. Nice break on the football there by Aiden.
0: Third down and
2: eight. Had an interception in last week's game. Good body position as
1: you said. Not making any contact coming through the hands. You want to strike
2: through the hands there to break that pass up. Right lined up in the pistol. Third down and eight. And now it's going to be third down and 13 because the tight end said, I thought you said two. And the quarterback says, no, I'm going on three. And That'll cost the Mavericks five, five yards.
1: Yes, number seventeen pointing. That's Nicholas Wallace I got a pronunciation on him earlier from the McNeil crew. I didn't make good enough notes.
2: Give a shout out to my mom tuned in back home in the great state of Illinois tonight. Third down and thirteen from the thirty-eight yard line. Stoltz rolling to his right, being pursued. Fires over to the right side. Caught and good for a first down. Found Aiden Taylor all the way across the field.
1: And the Vipers just can't get him off the field, Hank. I'll tell you what, they are converting third and long. That's the second third and long they've converted. Viper defense is starting
2: to show a little fatigue. A little banged up. Yep. Yeah. First and 10 and now first and 15 as both receivers on the far side off to the races too early. Mavericks hurting themselves a little bit. That's their
1: fourth penalty, so hopefully the Vipers can make him pay. But so far, as you said, having a hard time getting him off the field. That time, Jaden Solst, the sophomore, rolling to his right. So you start off on the left hash there. Give yourself a wide open space to roll into. If you're going to do a rollout, I like that rolling into the,
2: the wide side like that. First and 15, back at the 45-yard line. Play action. Hit as he throws it, and that ball's intercepted, Dropped again. Somehow fell through the hands of Scott Buchanan, who had it, juggled it, had it again, and lost it on the way down to the turf, second and 15. That's the second dropped interception tonight. Man, what is going on with the is the, are the lights
1: here? <laughs> <laughs> Not working with that. He's pretty sure-handed, as we saw last week, Merle, right. as uh, he, Buchanan caught that fake field goal. Yep. Made a really great catch and that one was definitely catchable, but that, as you said, the second dropped interception and what a
2: difference that would make. So second down and 15, back at the 45-yard line. One receiver right, two to the near side. Dropping back, Stoltz, Good protection, fires over to the right side, that ball is incomplete. Great job down the field. Stride for stride with him was Aiden Wood. We saw that a moment ago on the near side. That time he's on the far side. Aiden
1: Jones, Aiden number Jones, 22. Yeah.
2: And that time you saw the hands
1: flash, Merle, and he, he was not—he had not turned back to the football, Aiden, but he he struck through the hands there, right. and his hand got there just as the ball was coming in. So just the way he's taught to do it, And you see those hands flash, you got to make a play for the football.
2: Here we go again, third and long, third and 15 from the Maverick 46-yard line. 10-41 to go first half, 7-3 Vipers. McNeil with three receivers to the near side, one wide right. Stoltz with the empty back. Changes the play. Now he backs into the floor, into the uh, shotgun. Quarterback draw up the middle. To the 50. And <laughs> a right there. It's going to bring up a fourth down and eight. great job coming in to keep that one to a short game by Jacob Henry. Fourth and nine coming up. I think that was Sebastian Cavett number three that laid the wood on number
1: 10, Schultz. Coming up from a safety spot there with effect. Got to love it when a safety steps up like that. Right. That's a thing of beauty. That for the Vipers, Miles Coleman. So the McNeil Mavericks pick up two first down. That's after a three and out punt when the Vipers were set up on positive field position. They were on the 48-yard line. Couldn't get
2: a first down. Low snap, Wilson with the punt, right foot, boots it, end over end, wobbles at the 20-yard line, fielded by Coleman at the 11, and he's going to be, stays on his feet, back to the 10, to the 15. How did he do that? To the 30, to the 40, cutting it back to the near side, stays on his feet again. He could go all the way. No, appended at the 40-yard line, saving the touchdown for the Mavericks was Nicholas Balls. But, man, oh, man, Miles Coleman fielded at the 11-yard line, all but went down, touched his hands to the ground, stayed on his feet, and somehow wound up 50 yards down the field. That's an unbelievable punt return, and the
1: back judge was standing literally five feet away from the play. So if he'd have been down, you know he would have called it. Right. And just great body control and strength there, upper body strength, using his hand to keep his lower body off the ground, and an electrifying play right there, big-time
2: punt return. Almost took it the distance, 56 yards. Sets up the pipe. It's a great field position. First down and 10 at the Maverick 39-yard line. Skogan comes in motion, settles on the right side. High snap, handoff Oliver, off-right tackle. Big hole, next to down to the 31-yard line. That'll be good for seven yards, second down and three. Not sure how good my camera work was on that uh, punt return. He's kind hard of to, hard to find out you're there. Doing,
1: you're doing a lot of work
2: over there with that camera. Second and three from the 31-yard line. Hand off to Oliver again, and this time he does his Miles Coleman impression. Tripped up in the backfield, fell forward, used his right hand to keep crabbing along the ground and picked up the first down.
1: So what we're seeing right now, Merle, is similar to what we saw last week. It's just straight ahead running downhill, right. nobody pulling, hand the ball off to Zade Oliver, that big offensive line
2: getting the push. Oliver again, starts up the middle, goes to the left, and... Gets it down to the 25, maybe the 24-yard line, gain a gain of two, second down and eight.
1: So this is the kind of thing where you soften them up a bit and then maybe go over the top. Right. right. When you got an offensive line that might be the best in school history, and we said that about last year's group, but you got two returning starters off of that unit. You add Jade, uh, Jacob Henry, uh, and you add one other three returning starters, and you add um, Ryland Wisdom. And the Vipers have got a formidable set of hog mollies, that's for sure. And I gave them the jinx. He jinxed them. Somebody moved. Unbelievable. I'm two for two.
2: <laughs> that's it. No more praise. No. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. got <laughs> to push it back five yards, second and 13 now from the Maverick 29-yard line.
1: We've heard Kurt Sanders, Merle, talk about playing complimentary football. Got a little pass-heavy maybe early in right. this game, but now we're seeing
2: a little more ground-to-pound activity from this Viper's offensive line. foot blocks Scoglin to the left side. Looks like Brendan Fournier maybe in the ballgame. Coleman comes in motion. It is Fournier with the carries. Off the right tackle, following his blockers, follows Scoglin all the way down to the 20-yard line. Gets a bunch of it back. That's going to bring up a third and three. Big time run
1: right there, and a great block, as you said, by Jay Scoglin doing it again.
2: He could be an offensive lineman. He could be, yeah. Third down and three. Two receivers left, one to the near side. Play action. Swing pass. Coleman complete to the 15. Has a first down and more. Dragon tackles to the 10. And it'll be first and goal from the 10-yard line for the Vipers.
1: You think those big hogs give him, like, an honorary, like, uh, you know, sandwich or something because, you know, he does a lot of blocking maybe. (laughs) Honorary. They should.
2: Yeah. They should. Jay Scoglin, number 88. And off Fournier, starts up the middle, bounces left into the five, and Ragga tackles into the end zone, touchdown, Vandegrift.
1: What a nice-looking sequence that was as you started off the drive with Zade Oliver-Merle. Got the first three carries, and you bring Fournier in to finish it off in a 12-yard touchdown scamper. That goes seven, that's a seven or eight-play drive, and you go 83 yards. Momentum, swift, uh, excuse me.
2: That's a seven-play drive, and they go 61 yards. All set up by the nice return from Miles Coleman. While the Olsen on for the extra point, attempt out of the hole, the Mestermaker. Good snap and hold. Kick is up. Looks good from here. Right between the upright. So, 7.27 to go first half. Vipers... Breathing a little bit easier as they extend their lead now to 14-3. We'll take a break and see how the defense responds. You're listening to Vandica Vipers football on the horn. Charlie Reeve with the football on the teeth, at the 40-yard line. set to kick it back to the Mavericks. And drives this one. Into and out of the end zone. I mean, will take over first down 10 from their own 25-yard line. 7 minutes, 27 seconds to go first half. 14-3. Vipers extend their lead to 11 points. Liberty Hill, San Antonio Veterans Memorial, all knotted up, seven apiece down in San Antonio, and we hear from Tommy Hartman. Wants to give a shout out from the University of Arkansas. He's already planning for the playoffs, Hank. He's thinking if we play, have a rematch with Harlan in the third round, that might be a Texas State, which is where his sister Mary Ellen goes to school. So he's already planning ahead to to get to a playoff game.
1: That's the kind of advanced planning that we need. That's right. Outstanding. My apologies for anybody listening. I'm trying to do the stats. Uh, we have a skeleton crew tonight. we doing, <laughs> doing the camera and broadcasting. I'm trying to do stats as well. That was a 39 yard drive going seven plays after the 55
2: yard punt return by Miles Coleman. So, first down and 10 from the 25 yard line. Mavericks going from right to left. We're see the wide right and whistles blow. What do we got? Delay of game. Delay of game, okay.
1: That's the fifth penalty hmm. on McNeil. Three of which, well, he had two procedure penalties, two holding, and then now delay a game. You know, Coach Hermes is not
2: going to be happy about that. Now, when you're playing one of the top-ranked teams in the state, you can't give them any help. And this is going to be Stoltz. A late pitch, dangerous pitch, but he got it to work out the 26-yard line. Got the five yards back plus one. A six-yard pickup for Joshua Williams. Man, he was on his way down when he pitched that football. Man, that looks like a little school wishbone option pitch right there. Yeah. Jaden Soltz is, Stoltz, Stoltz almost, Sultz. Jaden Sultz. salts yeah. Sorry. S-U-L-T-Z. Trips wide right, one of the near side. Pistol formation with Williams in the backfield. Second down and nine from the 26-yard line. Now they go empty back set. Pressure coming, swinging over here to the near side. Complete up to the 25. Stiff arm to the 30. Good open field tackle made by Diego Delavara Vasquez to keep that one to just a four-yard pickup. Third down and five coming up from the 30. Big play right here. Yes, it is. And that's number four, Josh Williams, running back.
1: Diego Delavara Vasquez had to go a long way, Merle, to make that play. So you know he's got
2: some good foot speed. Fought off the stiff arm as well. Third and five from the 30. And, all, and slipped and spun himself out. Joshua Williams trying to take it off left tackle. He wiped out. And helps out the Vipers. That'll be the easiest tackle Vanderbilt's defense will make all year. Fourth down coming up, and the Mavericks have to punt it away.
1: We need to mark the calendars. See how the Nostradamus email comes into effect. If we play uh, Vela, uh, is it Vela at Texas State? You think that's Right, right. We have to make sure we remember that. They're the perennial powerhouse down there.
2: I think it was Harlan. It was the rematch against Harlan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wilson's had to punt it away. He's had a couple of good punts tonight. He'll hit it from about the 15-yard line. Good snap back this time. Rugby-style punt and a high short kick in the center of the field. And it takes a Viper roll. It's going to be down at about the 48-yard line. So only about a 20-yard punt that time. Vipers with 5.13 to go and two timeouts remaining have it first down and ten, the Mavericks 48. Would really like to get some separation here because Manil gets the football, I think, to start the second half.
1: Meniel's look good in terms of their game plan and organization with the exception of those five penalties, but they're executing their game plan with effect on both offense and defense. So hats off to Coach Hermes again. Really brought this program in a
2: long way in just
1: a couple of short years.
2: Piper's going from left to right. Golden comes in motion. Settles in as the up back. Hand off to 48. Following the big hog mollies inside the 45. Down to the 43-yard line. Doesn't look like much, but you line up for the next play, and you've only got five yards to go to pick up the first down.
1: Well, and why not run on that left side
2: behind big Blake Frazier and Jacob Henry? Also, Scoglin in there helping out, as usual. Triangle trips. to set the screen pass to Coleman behind the two blockers. He breaks a tackle and gets it down to the 35-yard line. And that's good for another 8-yard pickup. First and 10. Here come the Vipers again. They seem to have woken up a little bit. Another great block that time by Scoglin. And I think that Farley also over there. I think you're right. Yeah, double tight ends. Play action fake this time. Nothing doing. Look at him just stand there. Now he's going to fire over to the center of the field. That ball is in and out of the hands. Oh, boy. Well,
1: George Farley did a great job blocking on the previous play and could have reeled that one in for another touchdown. Just couldn't quite control it off his fingertips. That was a more difficult than average catch, but you know number six will be thinking
2: he should have caught that one. But what about the time that the line gave Adam? He was literally just standing still waiting for Farley to break free. Good play designs.
1: They were in that same set as the previous play. Always fun to see the mad
2: scientist, Blake Mauser. Second down and 10. Hand off 48. Takes it to the left side. And this time it's going to be flung down for no gain. Good job, open field tackle. I think that's 40. I want to wait to make sure it was. Good stop there by Tony Shannon, the senior defensive lineman. Third down and 11 coming up. One
1: similarity, Merle, between these two ball clubs. The head coach is calling the defense from the sideline. Coach Sanders always done that for Vandergriff, Right. Get a good look at Coach Hermes down here right in front of us in about the
2: 40-yard line calling that Maverick defense. Big play for the Vipers. Probably in four-down territory. Third and 11 from the 36. Coleman comes in motion right to left and timeout. Timeout taken by McNeil with 3.56 to go. We'll keep it here. It's been a good ball game, Hank. I didn't know what to expect. I knew that McNeil was going to be better. I didn't know how they'd be able to hang with the Vipers. But, you know, we're almost at halftime, and it's only 14-3.
1: I think you're exactly right, Merle. I mean, it's been a very competitive ball game. The Vipers, a couple of miscues you don't expect. The first interception of the year. Right. Uh, some three and outs. When you get the possession, you know, on the in the positive field position, we start on the 48-yard line, go three and out with a punt. That's a little bit uncharacteristic. But the McNeil Mavericks have taken advantage of some very fortuitous uh, situations in terms of uh, the deflections and, you know, interceptions. There could be two turnovers, two interceptions the Vipers could have had easily. Uh, Then we had a drop. So there's three drop balls, two dropped interceptions. Uh, Farley, I don't know if you want to count that as a drop or not, but I think he he would say he probably should have caught that. So sometimes the breaks just don't go your way. And so far in this first half... I think it's safe to say that they, they haven't gone the Vipers way but you still got a 14 to 3 lead
2: with 3.56 remaining in the first half third down and 11 coming up for the 36 yard line trips into the near side of the triangle ball in the far hash 50 back set for Adams now checks off the play apparently the play clock isn't working because it's not counting down at all now Coleman comes in motion left to right Adams dropping back, looking to swing it to him. Does here to the near sideline, complete to the 40, to the 35. night pluck on the edge inside the 30 and down to the 25-yard line, about a yard shy of the first down. It's going to bring up a third down and one. And that's all Miles Coleman just dancing around and making guys miss. But again, Jay Scoglin, Merle doing a fantastic
1: job blocking on the perimeter. I mean, it's so hard out in space for a big guy to be able to pin defenders consistently, and Jace really seems to do an amazing job getting his body in the right position
2: with his hands. Fourth and one. They'll line up in the stick formation. Now go Wildcat. On a fourth and one from the 26-yard line, Oliver takes a snap, and will have the first down. Not by much, but he got enough. Only needed the end of the yard, picked up two, first and ten Vipers. Well just by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin,
1: but that's good enough for a first down. Jackson Barr, the six-man on O-line, came in for the refrigerator package. I don't know if they call that,
2: but they they moved the left guard, Jacob Henry, into the backfield. Three minutes to go, first half, 14-3, Vipers up, looking for more. First down 10 at the 24-yard line of the Mavericks. Oliver back in the game, lined up right side. Adams dropping back. Pocket breaks down, and he is going to go down back to the 35-yard line. Second sack of the night for him. Second and 20 coming up. That's a nice-looking rush by number
1: 55, Darren Powell. Tony Shannon brought pressure from the other side, Murrell, so just a really good, strong upfield move.
0: I think
1: they only rushed three that time, and usually our front five is better than better than the, just three uh, defenders rushing, but that time just great pressure by number
2: 55 for the McNeil Mavericks, Darren Powell. Second down and 20 coming up from the 35-yard line. Two receivers left, one on the near side. Hand off Oliver. He's going to cut it up inside the 30 and down to about the 28-yard line. Going to set up a third down and about 13 to go. Gain a seven on that one.
1: Hyper's not in a tremendous hurry here. Is right. The, one fifty-four in counting. Play clock not
2: working, as you said. And now we're going to get a timeout. Officials' timeout. Well, are we on television? Why are they calling timeout? I'm not sure. They pointed themselves. The they both sure did. coming off the field. Hmm. Not sure what that was about.
1: So, if the play clock is not opera- operable, that means you're. Referee, the guy with the white cap, keeps it on the field. Just, just, just gesticulating to the clock operator, it looks like. But here we
2: go. Third down, 13 from the 28-yard line. Play action, pass. Adams looking, pass over the left side. Got a receiver behind the defense. Caught, touchdown. Adams to Adams. Deuce to Eli who somehow, I don't know how you lose track of him, but he was 10 yards behind the defense, kind of camouflaged along the sidelines, and the Vipers finally have some breathing room, 20-3 to three with the extra point pending. Well, that was uh,
1: that was amazing. He was wide open. Looks like there may have been a bit of a blown coverage there. Right. You know, that's, that's the risk you run when you mix things up a lot on your defensive coverages is maybe you're not entirely set or clear on what you're supposed to be doing back there, but... Eli was wide open. There was winning a defender within
2: 10 or 12 yards of him. While the Olsen drills the extra point, 139 to go first half. Vipers extend the lead 21-3. to 3. We'll take a break. Be back to close out the first half. You're listening to Vandica Vipers football on the horn. Charlie Reed drills another kickoff into and out of the end zone, so the Mavericks will take over first down and 10 of their own 25-yard line. 99 ticks on the clock here in this first half. Vipers with now 14 unanswered points. They so get a little breathing room, 21-3 to 3, Hank, but Still a lot of football left to be played. They can't
1: relax just yet. And McNeil's going to get the ball to start the second half. And how many teams in America, Merle, can bring in their
2: third-string kicker? And he drills it out of the end <laughs> zone. <laughs> right. So one receiver to the right, one to the near side. Handoff off right tackle, and pretty nice hole out to about the twenty-four yard line. Make it a at the twenty-eight yard line. Gained about three yards on the play. Going to bring up a second down to seven, and a timeout taken by McNeil, I believe. They've got one timeout remaining.
1: So when you go to keeping the play clock on the field, it's the head referee, the guy in the white cap, who's going to keep, keep the time. And he's got a set of hand signals that he employs. So he's going to do a hand count with his hand when it gets inside ten. And then when it gets inside five, he's supposed to put his hand up. If I right. understand my officiating Rules correctly, but that can present a challenge for the quarterback and the offensive
2: coordinator not having the play clock. So second down to seven after the timeout. Mavericks have pulled in the receivers now. It looks like they're going to be content just to, well, I say that, and they us out the formation go back to the pistol with one receiver wide right, one on the near side. Handoff, off left tackle, stumbles again. I got across the 30. And knocked down at the 31-yard line, good open-field tackle out there by Bryson Carter, and a timeout taken again. This time probably by the Vipers, I guess. I think, I think they took yeah. the first one too. I think that Vandegrift, makes more sense. Manigriph wants the ball back here, so they've got one timeout remaining. Is that right, Merle? I think it's down to zero now. I could be could be wrong. And to your point, Merle, number four, Bryson Carter, with an amazing open field tackle,
1: and he's a guy who has just been rock solid this year in terms of his production on defense. A, sure, a sure-handed tackler, unbelievable job in pass coverage, and he did bring out the Vipers with the American flag through Vic the Viper. So that's a that is a an honor that Coach Sanders hands out to you know, somebody who's making a big impression of you know in terms of what they're doing every week in practice, on and off the field. So. Good
2: job, number four, Bryson Carter. That was the Viper's final timeout. The scoreboard showing zero now, so third down and four coming up. Viper's trying to get the stop here and at least force the punt, maybe try to set up a block punt or something like that. Sultz in the shotgun with Gary to his left side. One receiver wide right. Pass underneath and complete and dropped immediately. Great job in the open field. Once again, he's played a good a good game, Aiden Jones. He's one of those guys, we talk about it every year, Hank, there's some guy that you haven't really heard much about. And as the season wears on, you hear his name more and more. Aiden Jones, another great play. And I don't, I don't believe he started the season out in this first 11, Merle. I think he emerged as a starter
1: you know, due to some injuries. But he's defended two or three passes tonight. That's a great open field tackle, as you said. And McNeil's going to let this go all the way down and probably take the delay or take their final timeout. I would imagine.
2: Yeah. Coach is standing right next to the, the, the official there to call the timeout fourth and one. That play by Woods saved the first down. So what a chess match you got going on here in the last
1: minute and a half. the McNeil Mavericks come out in a tight formation. Like they're going to run the clock out. Then they shift into a spread formation. to right. see If they can catch the Vipers napping. Then you got a trading timeouts here. So. Uh, Coach Sanders is going to make them play all the way through this first half, trying to milk another possession out of it. So you figure you get the ball back here, probably going to come after the punt. Yeah. But you're going to get the ball back with you know 20 ticks on the clock at least. If you don't get the punt, their punter has not been awesome. I guess is the right word way to say right. it. He's you know, netting about 20, 25 yards
2: a punt. So I think this. Miles is, Coleman has been awesome. Yeah, Miles on the receiving end.
1: I mean, and, and do you want to kick it to him? That's right. The, that's the thing you have to figure. I mean, do you want to try and get a good punt here or just kick it out of bounds? I mean, if if it's me, maybe I'm thinking, of course, I'm not a coach, but I right. am uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to kick it to number one. Nope. Just based on what I've seen tonight.
2: And then you add in, you know, you know they've watched the film on the guy. So let's see what happens. So fourth and one. Wilson standing back at the 20-yard line. Pressure coming. They almost got there. Turns into a short punt. Takes a Viper roll. Out of bounds at the 42-yard line. So... As Hank predicted, about 22 seconds left. Man, you can't come much closer than than that and not get a hand on the football. Pretty good punt by Wilson, all things considered. I'm not sure how we didn't block that I know. They had three guys back there that
1: were extending. But little things. They, they didn't get there, but they also didn't rough the punter. That's exactly right. Well, and they were engaged with blockers because you want to go up for two hands with your hands crossed to block right. the punt. and Hard to do that when you're fighting off a block, but... A lot of little things going on. A lot of little individual one-on-one
2: battles happening in every game, and McNeil's giving as good as they're getting. Adams dropping back on the first down and 10. Pass over to the right side. That ball is batted away and almost caught. That time the defender for the Mavericks, number 24, that's Cameron Green. He tipped it up in the air. Alex Foster, the intended target. Now check that, George Farley, the intended target. He almost tracked it down off the tip. Well, one thing
1: we've seen is that Deuce has got the arm to throw this thing 40 or 50
2: yards necessary to set up a score here, so I bet we see a couple more shots. Second and 10, 15 ticks on the clock left. Two receivers left, one of on the near side. Empty back set, Adams dropping back. A lot of running room. He's going to tuck it under and gets a block in the edge from Scoglin and steps out of bounds at the 45-yard line out of my camera shot. Eight seconds left. midfield. First down. Once again, Jay
1: Scoglin Manages to be in the right place, yep, right time to make a block. High
2: football IQ on number 88. So you're at the 45. You probably want to get it at least another 15 yards to try a field goal, and you've got eight seconds to get there. Or you just take a shot in the end zone. Two receivers left, two to the near side. Looks like Sullivan in the backfield right now. Probably a good blocking back. Pass there to the near side. Incomplete. Try to get it to Scoglin, who had broken off the route. Brings up a second down, saves five seconds on the clock. Yeah, I think
1: what what you said prior to that play, Merle, maybe try and get a quick 15-yard, 10-yard gain, try and set up a long field goal attempt, but now you're really forced into just trying to heave it into the end zone. Right. And we know Deuce has got the arm to do it, so let's see what happens.
2: Trips wide left. Sullivan remains in the the game in the backfield. Adams dropping back. Now the pocket breaks down. He's going to step it up. And just fires over the far side where he's got three wide shirts. It's a jump ball. Tipped up. Yeah, Touchdown! Scoglin oh. deliberately tipped that football into the waiting arms of Jordan Oliver. Unbelievable. I think you're
1: right. That looks like a volleyball it set. That looked
2: like a volleyball set. That was on purpose. Wow.
1: What a turn of events. Induced through that ball 55 yards in the air yep. to a pretty precise location, I would
2: imagine. I mean, you... You can't draw it up any better than that literally that it looks like playstation activity right there that was crazy yeah there were three wide shirts and he was just throwing up to those guys and say go get the football and they did good snap and hold the kick by Wally Olsen is up and it is good and the vipers after a sluggish start have erupted for 21 unanswered points and they will take a 28 to 3 lead into the locker room at halftime and Hank, sometimes you just need games like this when you're not playing your best. You're getting pushed unexpectedly. Somehow you got to find that extra gear. And thus far, the Vipers have done just that.
1: Well, that's exactly right, Merrill. McNeil is giving uh, the Vipers all they want in terms of competitive intensity. Uh, the coaching schemes have been, you know, spot on from Coach Hermes and his McNeil Maverick staff. So we got us a football game. And what a way to end the half. And, <laughs> you know, I just. The question has to be asked. I, did, what do they call that play, number one? Is it a design tip-drill play? Uh, I mean, it looks like he almost could
2: have caught it, but it really yeah, did look yeah. like a volleyball set. So 28-3 to 3 your score here at the end of the first half. We'll take an extended break, get some bills ba- uh, paid. Hank will uh, burn, the, burn up the lead on the pencil and try to get the stats put together. We'll be back for halftime here from Dragon Stadium. 23-8-3, to Vipers on top. You're listening to Bandicoot Vipers football on the horn. And welcome back to Dragon Stadium. 28-3, your halftime score. I'm Will Bertrand here along with Hank Hudson. The Vipers, after uh, a slow start, let alone 7-3, 21 and answer points, and uh, took a 28-3 to to lead into the halftime break. A few months ago, Marcus Spears had a chance to catch up with head coach Drew Sanders. Let's hear what Coach Sanders had to say about tonight's uh, uh, half thus far.
0: The percussion captain
4: is Sarah Bastami.
5: The Vision Dance Company captain is... Second half strong. What do you, what do you say to the attrition of your your, your offense and your defense to finish to finish well, the Well, you
3: know, I mean, we've set an impossible standard. I mean, it, you and I both know 6 a football, it's impossible to start every game 21-nothing. I mean, we really truly have set an impossible standard. I kind of felt like that McNeil had just just enough uh, like spirit and fire to challenge us like that and they did boy they're playing good and so it's so nice for us to fight back against that and and have to find a way to make plays with pressure on because McNeil is really playing well right now.
5: Uh, Coach Herman is your uh, Hermes, uh, Hermes, your uh, former defensive coordinator. Did he throw you any surprises early off in the game? You
3: know, he always does a good job. He's bracketing. He's taking away some of our best receivers at times. So we've just got to Deuce has got to find the open ones, which he's doing a good job of. But it, it's taken us a little bit to figure that out. But he's doing a great job over there. But I like how Coach Malzer's answering it.
5: All right, thanks, Coach. Good luck to the second in the second half.
2: Thanks. There you go, Hank. He, you know, he seemed pretty. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? accepting of the first half. It's, uh, it's almost, You know, these coaches, they know. They know each other very well. They've seen the film. We kind of go back on history and think this is going to be another role. I think he knew that Maneo was going to do exactly what they did here tonight.
1: You know what, Merrill, once again, you're, I think you're exactly right. Uh, coach Sanders sounded like he was where he thought he would be at this point in the game. Right. He felt like right. that they had enough ability, enough uh, good coaching. He's very familiar with the coach and has a lot of respect for Coach Herman. Sure. I mean, that much is evident. evident. And, you know, based on what we've seen on the balance here, it's uh, well-deserved. I mean, the the amount of improvement that we've seen in this McNeil football team over the course of his tenure as the coach is really kind of astounding. So you're starting six, seven sophomores. The future looks pretty bright for the McNeil Mavericks. Got to like the way that the Vipers responded, though, uh, especially that play at the end of the first half. <laughs> you know, the million-dollar question is, what was that play called? Right. Design tip, you know, volleyball set. Uh, it looked like a thing of you know, absolute perfection and beauty like you, you know, maybe drew that one up on the uh on the AstroTurf <laughs> and Deuce just laid it out there about fifty yards in the air and touchdown vipers. You go in with a twenty eight to three lead, but as you said, Merle, you start off that first quarter seven to three and there were some big big kind of moments in that first half where the momentum really changed sides. Uh, You had an interception on that first drive for McNeil. Uh, Could have been an interception, but a a deflection. Right. A tip drill that did not go our way, and they get a first down and then manage to keep the ball for about 11 plays, go down and kick a field goal for their only score. Uh, Other than that, they've had four punts, but they have managed to move the ball. They've got about six first downs Uh, on defense. They've got two sacks, and they've harried the quarterback, Deuce Jones, a couple of times into making some throws. He's got his first interception of the year. So there is a lot of learning going on right now in terms of the Vipers. And you heard Coach Sanders say it, seeing some different looks on defense, bracketing, taking away some receivers. So there's some things to work on in this second half. And the Vipers defense gets a chance to come out and make a statement
2: and get the ball back into the hands of the offense this second half. Well, you know, Hank, I'm sure that everything you just said was scintillating. I'm so distracted watching the band right now. (laughs) They came in. it was halftime last week, so they kind of were kind of in the background for the halftime festivities. The man with a show they're putting on, stretching literally from goal line to goal line uh, with, as you put it, the Broadway spectacle that the band of the Vision Dance team put on here each and every week. And this is a different look for us, too. Yeah. There's a lot of yellow out there. Yeah, they kind of, kind of look like uh, almost like USC-ish a little bit, kind of a yellow and brownish or mar- maroon look for the look Vipers. At, look at this deal. But, uh, what yeah. about those old school hats? That's with the plumes. That's tremendous. We wore something very similar to that, <laughs> I have to admit. There's, there's black male <laughs> footage to, to prove it. 28 to three, your score here, and uh, the Vipers on top. But, uh, yeah, I'm going, going back to Coach Sanders for a second, the other part of what he said is very true. It's almost like the Vipers have set the bar so high for themselves by racing out to 41 points and making it look easy that you almost think, you know, that they're, that they're sick if they don't do that. Well, I, he
1: makes a very good point about 6A football. I mean, Central Texas is always a competitive market in terms of uh, football at the highest level. But, you know, to, con- to expect that the Vipers will go out and uh, march out to an easy 21 nothing lead at this level of football is, is really setting an impossible right. standard, as coach, uh, as coach Sanders said. So on the balance, I think you're happy with the 28-3 to lead at the halftime. You had some things go uh, – you had some things – not go your way in the first half. A couple of interceptions that could have been. Uh, don't uh, execute those. But, you know, full credit again to this McNeil football team. They've done a good job in putting pressure uh, on the quarterback. They've done a good job moving the ball, keeping them some first down. So it's been a really competitive first half.
2: Well, we're going to bring in another member of our crew. You recognize him if you've been listening over the past couple of years. He was uh, working back in the studio the past couple of years and uh, making his sideline debut with us here tonight, Mr. Marcus Spears. Marcus, you just talked to Coach Sanders. Your thoughts on the first half of football here tonight?
5: Well, it's it's a little exciting. What, what I noticed early is the uh, the Vipers was trying to get fast offense going early, and I think they kind of slowed it down later on in the second. I mean, in the second quarter, tried to get a little momentum, get the running game going, and I think that's when they started uh, getting some points on the board.
2: Now you're you're down there in the sideline. You might not be able to tell, uh, but Hank and I are that play right before the halftime. Could you tell from the reaction? Was that a design tip, or was that just a tremendous play that they just no, kind of looked into? That was
5: just a tremendous play. It was. <laughs> it. There's no way that that was planned.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, we. But but I'm pretty sure uh, the coaching staff would say, yeah, it was written up that way. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Well, I, you know, based on what we saw up here uh, and the way that, you know, we had a good uh, view from over there, uh, the opposite corner, you know, Jordan Oliver moved in position behind uh, Jay Scoglin, and it looked like almost a volleyball set. But, you know, maybe it was just due to the athleticism of Mr. Scoglin uh, and, you know, making it kind of look easy going up and high pointing the ball. But, uh, you know, whether it was designed or not, the result is definitely up to expectations That's in terms exactly of right. Yeah, what a play! What a way to end the first half.
5: Yeah, they pretty much explosion plays pretty much uh, early on uh, the first drive. The uh, the deep pass. That's what, it seemed like that's what they was trying to do is just get the deep pass going. But yeah, right. As uh, as the as the second half go- went, that's what they did. Got got the running game going so you can open up that deep pass.
2: We're over here in the home side. Obviously, you're down on the field with the Vipers on the far side. What's the fan reaction like? It's a nice night, finally. A great night for football. Are the fans really into this thing?
5: Oh uh, yeah, they're pretty much into it. Uh, look, uh, sitting on uh, sitting on their uh, toes a little bit, trying re- really ready to get excited when second quarter got going. That's when they got excited.
2: Right, right. Yeah, Marcus, you made
1: a good point there about the Vipers getting that straight-ahead running game going. You know, the play-calling balance was. You know, 70% pass to start the first first part of the game. Uh, That last, you know, the last two or three drives there, we started seeing him go a little more on the run, kind of soften things up. uh, You know, have some opportunity to, you know, go deep by just pounding the ball right up the middle. I mean, the Vipers offensive line is in control again. Uh, Especially when they're running the ball. They've had a little bit more pressure on the quarterback than we've seen. two sacks already. Yeah, so, uh, you know, great job by Coach Mauser kind of pivoting, I think, Marcus, and going with a more run emphasis there in that second quarter, which, you know, opened things up.
5: I tend to wonder because they were going with kind of a no huddle early. So, when teams do that, they tend to try to pass the ball a lot. And I think settling down, not doing the no huddle, it it kind of comes to your senses. Run the ball. Beat
2: them up. Well, if history is any indication, guys, we're going to see the Vipers do what I call the Python offense in the second half. They're going to slow it down. they got the lead. They're going to try to milk this clock and shorten the game in the second half.
1: Well, that's when the Vipers have been at their most effective and deadly, to your point. The Viper offense just squeezing the life out of the ball game. Coach Sanders has got three or four different tempos we've heard him talk about in terms of how fast they operate. So the McNeil Mavericks are going to get the ball to start the second half. But, you know, based on what we've seen, they had that first drive after the, after the tipped the completion that gave them a big first down. Uh, they had four consecutive punts after that. So we need to get the Vipers' defense uh, come out with a flurry and get the, get the McNeil Mavericks off of the field. And let's get this second half started on offense. But
2: before I take a quick break, we got an email here from an old friend of ours. Chris Indo, familiar name, says, hey, guys, great job tonight. My good friend's son plays for McNeil. Number 14 is Cole Faulkner. So a viper giving a shout-out to a Maverick there. And, uh, you know, Hank, you know some of the guys on on the McNeil. You know, with the Pop Warner and guys and families kind of move around and that kind of stuff, everybody in this area is so close. Everybody kind of knows everybody or knows of everybody. Uh, So thank you very much for the email, Chris. But uh, it's it's kind of cool to see somebody that – you help coach even if they're wearing another team's uniform.
1: Well, no question. And one of the things that I love about you know, this four points area and this district, it's a very uh, high level of competition, but it's a friendly competition. I mean, you you step onto the field, you strap on the leather, and you you know you go after each other and try you know try to run the other guy over, but. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's about the sporting competitiveness and about the, you know, the friendly competition and, and you know, all of these schools, by and large, seem to get along really well. They've got right. coaching staffs that know each other. You know, they're friends. You know, they're they're trying to you know run each other over. And the coaches, <laughs> you know, we've seen before. Coach Sanders, when he, you know he's played uh, you know McNeil with Coach Hermans at the head, he doesn't. he that doesn't his foot off the gas. He does not take his foot off the gas, and so. Uh, it's all business when they're here on the field. But, right. you know, these guys go to coaching conventions together. They're, they're neighbors and friends. And I, did, I think it's fascinating the offensive coordinator for uh, McNeil played for Coach Sanders. we heard not say that in the opening remarks there. Uh, let me find that guy's name. It is uh, uh, Mike Reynolds. Mike Reynolds. Yeah. I mean, the Coach Sanders' coaching tree is getting, you know, a lot of branches out there. Yep, yep. Former player coaching. That's that says, you know, something to Coach Sanders' age, I guess, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't, <laughs> was, don't tell him I that, said that. That was Hank Hudson, not me. 28-3, <laughs> to
2: 3, your score here at the half. The Vibers up here. We'll take a break. We'll be back in time for the second half kickoff. Uh, thank you to Marcus. Great job with Coach Sanders. We'll uh, see you again at the, at the end of the game. Right. And uh, to wrap it up, 28-3, your score here at the half. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Brandon Goodfibers football on the horn. Welcome back to Dragon Stadium at the campus of Ron Rock High School in Ron Rock, Texas. Merle Burchan and Hank Hudson. Halftime still going on for another three or four minutes. 28 to 3 to score. Vipers on top. And uh, looking to make a stop on defense to start the second half, get the ball back in the hands of their offense, and just put this thing away, Hank.
1: Yep. Yes, Merle, that's, uh, that's what the doctor ordered. So statistically in the first half, not the huge output that we've seen in previous weeks, but still. Not too shabby, so it looks like uh, Brendan Fournier's got about three carries for 25 yards and a touchdown run. Uh, uh, Zade Oliver's got seven carries for about 38 yards. Deuce has carried the ball two times for 20, uh, one yards on scrambles, but they, he's also, the Viper's offense, has given up two sacks. Uh, Deuce has completed 11 of 14 passes for 193 yards. Four of those grabs uh, to, were made by his brother for 85 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Miles Coleman's got six catches for 63 yards. And, of course, one catch by number eight, Oliver, (laughs) for a touchdown to end the first half on the alley-oop. Still uh, still, uh, not sure. The jury is still out on whether or not that was a design play. We'll have to go to the next week coach's interview, I guess, Marlon. You need to make sure you ask that question.
2: Yeah, I got to remember to do that. I've got it in my notes to ask him. It's a long ways away, but I'll do my best. Twenty-eight to three to score. The Mavericks band uh, finishing up. Let's take a look at the standings as we uh, the third district game of the season. Uh, for those of you watching on the Vibe side, I've got it up on the screen. We'll talk through it on the radio. Vipers and Ron Rock at 2 0 coming in tonight. A uh, good game last night. Vista Ridge uh, edging Westwood 24 20, I believe that score was. 26 uh, 21, sorry. Vista Ridge defeating uh, Westwood last night. So coming into tonight's game, it was Vandergrift and Ron Rock at 2 0, Vista Ridge at 2 1. McNeil and Maynard at one and one. Westwood at one and two, and then Cedar Ridge and Stony Point bringing up the rear at zero and two. Obviously, a lot of football left to be played, Hank. But when you start tracking these things, you got to close out this game here to get up to three and zero. It takes probably four to clinch a playoff spot. But you start to look at uh, those enrollment numbers that I've got on the right side. Right now, if the playoffs were to end today, the Vipers would make the playoffs, but they would go in as a Division One, six A Division One, not necessarily the spot that you want to be in.
1: Well, I mean, it is big boy football, Merle, so either you know, way, eventually, right? you know, you're going to have to play those guys, and you know what? The way I look at it is we're due against either Lake Travis or Westlake. You know, we've been close, right, against both those teams, and you know, I'd like nothing more to go meet one of those in a quarterfinal playoff game and knock them off. You know, there's a lot of things that need to happen oh, sure. in order for that to, to transpire, but uh, I don't think... Vandergriff is scared at all. In fact, I think Coach Sanders would relish the opportunity to play either one of those teams again in the playoff, especially with this ball club giving, his, uh, giving him a chance to to advance deep into that Division One 6 a round. But.
2: Well, to your point, uh, last night's game, Anderson led... Westlake, fourteen to thirteen at the end of the first quarter, they it kind of self-destructed a little bit. Westlake went on to a romp, but if you saw that in the paper this morning, it was something like six to seven to fourteen. But for the first quarter and a half, that was a pretty competitive football game. Wipers are at least as good as Anderson, probably quite a bit better. Well,
1: I'll tell you what the the amount of uh, you know equity and uh, you know high quality football that's happening in Central Texas is is really kind of amazing. I mean, we're seeing a lot of competitive football games. The, uh, the population base in Central Texas has grown so dramatically over the last 20 years that you've just got much bigger enrollments. You've got more people here. Uh, you're seeing a higher level, higher class of football. Uh, and really, if you look across the spectrum, uh, across all the divisions, you've got a Central Texas team that's going deep into the playoffs every single year. Yeah, if not
2: more than one. Yes. Yeah. That's so, a point. And, by the way, give a shout-out to one of our crack QAs on the Vibe side, Skylar Gillespie, letting me know that Rod Rock is leading Maynard 21-7 to in the third quarter. I reached out and said, can you find that score? And they did. So, right now, Ron Rock looking to go 3-0. They started the season 0-3, and they're winning the game's account. If that score holds up, they will even up their mark at 3-3, but be 3-0 tied with the Vipers heading into next week's showdown right back here at Dragon Stadium.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, it's always a good game. It is. One of the most entertaining games every single year, it seems like, against the Round Rock Dragons. and The only district losses that the Vipers have had in the last five years that they've think so. been in yeah. this district has, have been against Round Rock, yeah. uh, Round Rock. They've lost two games to the Dragons, uh, one of them here at Round Rock Dragon Stadium and the, uh, the other one on the home turf. But always a good program and just excited to see that game. That's a Thursday night game next week, Thursday right? Thursday night game, yep. What a scheduling anomaly that we have three games here.
2: I know. That's so bizarre. Like a total and ecl- another one at Kelly Reeves, I believe. So Total eclipse only, of the sun. Only four home games this year. So the Vipers set to kick it off. They're going from left to right. Mavericks will get the football first. Again, the Vipers in the road. White jerseys and pants with the black numerals. Black helmet with a chrome insignia on the side. McNeil in the navy blue with the white numerals and fours green trim. Chrome green helmet with silver insignia. Vipers set to kick it off from left to right. Charlie the with the football on the tee, and the second half is underway. Kickoff sails into and out of the end zone, and McNeil will take over first time at him from their own 25-yard line. Happy to have you with us tonight here on the Horn. And a shout-out to those of you watching as well on the video stream. Emails open, Vipers at gmail.com. Yeah, we will get the football first. First down to their own 25-yard line moving from right to left. So here come the Mavericks right to left. Young Ball Club. Their sophomore quarterback, Jaden Soltz leads them out. They've got one receiver to the right. Double tied in set, lined up in the I formation. Handoff off right tackle and not much running but maybe back to the line of scrimmage and that's going to be about it for Jarrell Gary. No gain in the play second down and 10.
1: Sorry about that Merle. I had to right. step, step away and say hello to a couple of McNeil Mavericks over here. I think their cupboard is uh, full here. That's a couple yeah. of JV guys that I coach in Pop Warner and man they grow up fast.
2: <laughs> really
1: recognize those young men.
2: Second down and 10 from the 25 yard line. Just in the way second half Vanderbilt up 28 to 3. Dropping back. Soltz under pressure, and he steps through the would-be sack attempt and gets it out the 27-yard line. Brought down there by Ben Boer, who then helps him out. Good sportsmanship there. Third down and seven after the scramble for three yards.
1: Well, the fact that McNeil has got six or seven guys contributing on both sides of the ball that are sophomores,
2: Murrell, is a big deal. Yep. Chance to get off the field here. Third down and seven from the 28. Trips wide right. One of the near side. Sultan in the empty back. Taking the snap. Pressure coming from the right side. Steps up, and he's going to go down. There's Boer again. Got to him that time. Gets the sack. And the Viper defense does just what they want to in the first, start of the second half. The three and out.
1: Big time sequence to start this second half i'm going to give a shout out to dujon Wright and preston stone jv players for mcneil but they're sophomores also i think you can expect the mcneil mavericks to be a factor in terms of district play for a few years to come
2: when you start to win you start to get more guys to come out and you you know developed that talent. Good snap back and the high punt from Wilson. Miles Coleman coming up fields it. Fair catch call for made at the 47-yard line. So the Viper defense gets the three and out. They get the football back in good field position at their own 47-yard line with 9.59 to go third quarter.
1: Just what the doctor ordered Merle from that Viper's defense. Three and out. Relatively short punt. Great field position on your own 46-yard line. What's your, what's your uh, wager here, Merrill? First play, run,
2: pass? I'm going to take a shot. They're going to try to put this thing away ah. in a hurry. You heard it here first. I'm never right, though. One receiver wide left, one on the near side. Coleman lined up as the up back on the right side. I should have said run, but that's what it is. Brendan Fournier out to the 48-yard line. Gain of two on the play, second down and eight. I like Fournier and, uh, and uh, Oliver. That's a great combination. Is, yeah. I mean,
1: you. there's a lot of punishment that running backs have to endure, so having a one-two punch like that is a big deal.
2: There's a shot down the field left side. The ball's caught on the stride, and Miles Coleman out of bounds at the eight-yard line. That was one playoff, Hank.
1: I tell you what, Merle, you're going to have to do better than that in the future. <laughs> but a big-time throw, and again, Miles Coleman running free.
2: Oh, they're going to spot it. They're going to spot it at the... 12, so first and 10 from the 12 yard line, a big play pass completion to Oliver, to Miles Coleman now Adams is going to keep himself to the 10 and down to the 9 let's give him two yards on the play, second down and 8 from the 10 yard line
1: an RPO look there whether it was designed or not I think Deuce just called his own number right there decided to keep it, gets two yards right. he's a running threat, that is for sure
2: Line up here to the near side is Jordan Oliver with Eli Adams to his right. Pistol formation to Oliver. High snap right to Oliver. Goes in. he'll lose a couple of yards. Going to be back near the original line of scrimmage. Going to bring up a third down and nine. That ball glanced off of Adams' fingertips. Tipped it right over. We've seen some weird stuff tonight. Oliver caught it in stride and does lose a couple of yards. But still, that could have been a lot worse. This is normally the kind of thing we see on Halloween. <laughs> right. Or over at the Palace against Westwood. Mm -hmm. So back to a third and 10. Ball spotted back at the 13-yard line. Oliver motion left side. They fake it to him. Now Adams steps away from the pressure. Fires over to the left side. Receiver wide open. Caught touchdown. Chase Goglin. He didn't tip that one. That was thrown right to him. And the Vipers have broken it open 34-3. Boy, misdirection. They they fake the shuttle pass underneath to Coleman. They faked the counter handoff to Oliver. And meantime, Jay Scoglin is just kind of wandering. He gets lost in the back corner of the end zone.
1: Once again, that pre-snap shifting. Bryce Altrudo started off in the backfield, moved up to the left wing back spot.
2: Wally Olson. He's perfect. Every time you see Jay,
1: every time you see Jay Scoglin out there, I think the defensive, the defensive players are thinking that's going to be one of those quick screens because he's right, such an right. effective blocker, and then it's just like an Olay as he run right runs right past the defender, and what a what a nifty piece of footwork by Deuce Adams there to avoid the rush, just that's sidestepped. Yep. Like an alam, you know, dosi do and a an alaman left there to <laughs> made that look easy. Is that the kind of uh, move that you make in the mornings, room When you go get your newspaper, not on goodness. purpose. <laughs> yeah, just really uh, awesome footwork, and then reset his feet and made a you know perfect a throw. perfect
2: throw. Yeah. So thirty-five to three with eight nineteen to go in the third quarter. That scoreboard is impressive, but it has not been a typical thirty-five to three game. Vipers have had their share of big plays here tonight, but. Mavericks have made them work for it too.
1: Had some adversity, that's for sure. Yep. The Vipers have had some adversity. I, I think that 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 won't be the first time. It's going to be at six a at the six a level. You're going to be you're going to be pushed with some competitive intensity. Uh, Round Rock is your chief rival in the district, and that game's coming up.
2: Yeah, they could have been looking ahead a little bit. They're human. Yes, indeed. Now, yeah, Charlie Reed set to kick it away from the 40-yard line. And I think that one landed beyond the end line on the fly.
0: twenty-five
2: Like you said, how many teams have their third string kicker that can well, throw a kickoff? Well, I mean, that's the, that's the number
1: four kicker, isn't it? True. Well, yeah. I mean, we've got we brought up two guys from JV because your first and second string kicker were injured. Right. And that's the second place kicker we've seen tonight. Charlie Reed. He's going to Clemson next year to play soccer,
2: I believe. Which explains a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's been handling the kickoff duties. Wiley Olson has been perfect on extra points. And the Viper defense was perfect to start the half. Let's see what they do here. 8-19 to go third quarter. 35-3 to to score.
3: Everybody for and
2: Soltz in the shotgun.
5: K-band and of Got the K-band. junior Joshua
2: Williams lined up behind him. Two receivers to the right, two to the near side. Dropping back, Soltz pocket breaks down, rolls to his right, being pursued. Fires over to the right side. That ball is out of bounds, incomplete. Good coverage out there by Aiden Jones, who's been all over the field tonight. Second down and That's
0: ten. For Bo Baker. incomplete. Second and ten.
1: Well, Jaden Soltz had some, found some throwing lanes early in the first half, but when you get a big, strong push up front but, uh, by the up front three, that's number 47, David Overhauser at the left defensive end spot. Porter Udy's still playing the nose guard spot. And then number 40, that is Deshaun Morgan at the right defensive end.
2: Hand off, off right tackle, not much running there. maybe falling forward for a yard. Ball comes out, and now pushing and shoving the flags compliant.
1: Boy, Adam Scott shut the door on that play. Number 42, big-time linebacker play, but something happened Late as the zebras are conferring,
2: Joshua Williams on the carry for the yard pickup, and this one looks like it might be marked off against the Vipers. Yeah, that'll be a big 15-yard mark off. It looks like. Was that
1: signal? Did you see the signal?
2: I I was looking at the wrong. Uh, they only marked yes. off 10 yards, which is odd.
0: The Vipers 15-yard penalty. No, they didn't say 15. Down.
2: Happening in the pile, they were, they were exchanging unpleasantries in there. Yes, there was some extracurricular activity. So, first and 10 from the 41 yard line. Dropping back, Soltz under pressure, fires over the right side and throws that one incomplete. Nearest man to it was Viper. And that was Adam Scott again in the area. So now it's second down and 10.
1: A little bit of a miscommunication there between right. the quarterback and receiver. Looks like the quarterback expected one of the receivers to sit down on that route. It's usually a pre-snap, post-snap read, but the receiver and the quarterback need to be on the same page for that to work.
2: Second down and 10 from the 41-yard line. Mavericks moving from right to left, trips here to the near side. One receiver split wide right. Soltz, straight ahead handoff, off left tackle, breaks one tackle, and... Stacked up at about the 46-yard line. Good hard running there by Joshua Williams. To pick up five yards, banged around like a pinball. Going to bring up a third down and five. Good job, Porter
1: Udy, hanging on right there. And grabbed a handful of jersey and just hung on until some help came.
2: Alisha Stevens finished him off. Third down and five from the 46-yard line. Trips wide right, one to the near side salt sends his back Joshua Williams in motion. So they got four out there to the right side. Pass in and out of the hands of the intended target. Try to get it to De'Ron Calhoun. Made De'ron the cardinal Calhoun. error there, Hank. And let the ball get to his body. And it ricocheted off the shoulder pads. And the Vipers' defense gets the stand. He said
1: it, Merle. Big time football. you got to go get that pigskin. Extend. That time in. Ball's coming in below your waist. You want your pinkies together, but you can still got to reach for the football because if it gets to you, all the pads and all the armor they've gone up, something bad can happen if it right. gets to your body. So you want to make sure you go get the football, but a good sequence there with
2: Vipers defense making a stand. Not for that big penalty. Booming punt this time. Turns over. Coleman feels it at the 25. Bounces off the first attempt to tackle. Turns the corner to 30. Turns on the Jets. 35 to the 40. Cuts it back to the 45. Tippy-toes across the 50-yard line down to the 48-yard line. Looked like mere mortals mortals would have caught caught that football, Hank. Not not Miles Coleman. That's a 27-yard return.
1: Makes it look easy. That's the kind of thing where you hold your breath a little bit. But based on what we've seen from Miles Coleman, you're a little more easy. Right. I mean, mere mortals. Maybe he won't make that look quite so easy, but Miles not only feels it, but gets upfield for 27 yards. And what a great block that time by number nine, the Swiss Army knife, Drew Mestemaker getting out front. Had another 10 yards, Merle, to that punt return because of Mestemaker's effort there. Great block.
2: Well, one more score. We're going to see him operating in his quarterback position. I would imagine. 6.51 to go third quarter. 35-3. Vipers have the ball across the 50-yard line to the Maverick 49. Straight ahead, handoff. And Kent Sullivan uses the blocking back. That's not that's not Sullivan. That's 24. That's Ben Emanuel, another senior. As Coach Sanders starts bringing some guys in off the bench, get some playing time. Second down and one, a
3: nine.
1: Always interesting to watch the on-field communication with these Vipers. You always see the tight ends when they shift into that slot position they tap a the tackle on the, on the side, and that's right. an indication to make sure that they know that they're there, but there's some kind of blocking combination that's happening in there. That's the reason they're giving that indicator.
2: Scolding comes in motion right to left, settles in on the left side, speaking of tight ends. Play action. Swing pass here to the near side, and going down to get it off the carpet at the 45-yard line is Jordan Oliver. Had to just go down and get that football. Throwing a little bit low. Third and six coming up from the 45.
1: Was that Jordan that got the, the tipped pass?
2: I, doubt, I believe it was. Yeah. Or was it Alex Foster? Is he even playing I thought it I? was six, but six, six and eight.
1: Six would be Farley.
2: So I, I think it was George Farley. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was six. Black comes down. Virtually positive it was six, which would be George Farley.
3: George Farley.
2: Procedure against the Vipers, and that will push him back five yards. Sets up a third and 11 from the 50.
1: 35-3. to three is a lot more comfortable than the way this game felt in the first quarter.
2: And had two drives where they could have taken the lead with a score. The Vipers wouldn't let him do it. Third and 11 from the 50. Two receivers left, one to on the near side. Adams sends Emmanuel to his left looking downfield. Now he's going to step up and spins awkwardly at the 48-yard line. That'll be the third sack of the night for the Maverick defense. Nice play there by Frank Martinez Gomez and Tony Shannon. And the Vipers left to punt it away. This would be the second punt of the night, I think. Uh, let's see here. There may Purt. have been some in the first half. We only punted. We didn't punt in the first half. None, huh? Nope. Now yeah, you're right. Because coming out for the first time in the ballgame is Noah Colbert. Good snap back. What a high punt! Spiral punt. Sales lands at the 12. Takes a Viper roll sideways, and it's going to be down right there at the 12-yard line. 40-yard punt, no return. Hang time high enough to punch a hole in the sky. And with 4:37 to go here in the third quarter, the Vipers still holding on with a 35-3 lead. I hate to say it,
1: but it was very, very much like Ray Guy with the hang time there. <laughs> that thing was in the stratosphere. Beautiful punt. Got the the nose of the football up. So you know it's going to bounce. A little unlucky that it didn't bounce towards the goal line there, but it certainly didn't have any backspin on it.
2: So first and 10 Mavericks from their own 12-yard line. Trips wide right one to the near side for Solsts. Right ahead, handoff. And breaks a couple tackles out across the 15 at the 17-yard line. Good running there to pick up five yards on the play.
1: Out Adam Scott. Adam Scott, yep. Adam Scott. There's Hollister Stevens. We've seen Hollister playing cornerback. We've seen him now at a safety spot. So he's apparently pretty handy.
2: Same formation. Trips wide right, one of the near side.
1: You know, what kind of luxury is it for Coach Sanders to have 61 seniors on this ball club because he's had a lot of guys fill in on both sides of the football right. due to injuries and fill in with a plum.
2: And off up the middle and up to the 20-yard line. Uh, the carry for the Mavericks is Joshua Gayden. And to your point, they can fill in just about anywhere. They're so smart that they know all the positions. They can just kind of plug in.
1: Ben Boer having another great game, number 55. On the stop.
2: Third and two. Crockett leading off to Navarro. 28-3 at the half. Same formation again here for McNeil. Trips wide right. One to the near side. Third down and two. Soltz going to keep it himself. And he is not going to get there. He ran right into the waiting arms of Deshaun Morgan. Who pushed him back for two yards. going to bring up a fourth down and four. Morgan fought off that block and took down two guys. Outstanding play by number 40.
1: That's his first start of the year, making a big impact. So as we were talking about, guys, next man up, you have a couple of injuries. Deshaun Morgan has had some reps, but this is the first time he started, and that's a big play to get off the field for this Vipers, te- Vipers defense.
2: George Carley back Morgan a Jr., he'll be one of the key players back next year. Good snap back. And a low kick. Takes the Maverick roll all the way down to the Viper 44-yard line. So that one turned over and got the bounce. The call bearer didn't get. So 2.29 to go third quarter. Moving right along here, Hank. We take a break, but they're going to come right back out and start playing again. Well, I'll tell you, you keep thinking, or at least
1: I do every year, like, where do these guys come from? I mean, yeah. just you know, just the next man up. But when you think about when you've got, you know, over 40, as many as 50, and in this class 60 guys per class – it's just a numbers game, and when you get you know six weeks of extra practice last year, two seasons before that, you get four weeks, and to your point earlier, uh, that's all the sub-varsity players, everybody's practicing during the week, getting right. those additional reps, and you know the light bulbs start going off with young men <laughs> when you have that many repetitions.
2: First down and 10, Adams with the handoff up the middle. This is Oliver, breaks off one tackle, and digging for more, gets it out to about the 47-yard line, a three-yard pickup, second and seven coming up. Ron Rock on Thursday night, right back here at Dragon Stadium. The friendly confines. Yeah. we can leave the equipment here. Yeah, I wish we well, could. Handoff again, Oliver. Takes a stiff arm and gonna lose a yard of the play. Good job penetrating the Viper offensive line that time. That was Joshua Abshire Jr. Third down and eight coming up. Also number
1: 40, Tony Shannon playing that left defensive end spot. Did a nice job fending off a one-on-one block from Sam Perry. Get at least a stalemate. And a lot of times on defense, if you if if you don't go anywhere, if you just hold your ground, that can be considered a win. Shannon that time got a little bit
2: upfield. Trips wide left, third down and eight, under 90 seconds to go in the third quarter. Coleman coming to motion left to right. Settles in in the right slot. Now goes back right to left. Dropping back. Adams and whistles below. I think uh, Vipers may have outfoxed themselves that time. That'll set them back five yards. Another third and long. The Vipers come out
1: firing and scoring the first possession. Second possession, you go get one first down, but then you go three plays after that and have to punt. They're giving up up another third sack of the game. So that's the first time we've said that this year in terms of an opposing defense. Credit to the McNeil Mavericks.
2: So Adams' night probably about done here in this third quarter as it's winding down. He'd like to pick up one more first down here. Third down and 13 from the 41-yard line. Trips wide left. Adams dropping back. Line picks up the pressure. Gives them all day to throw. Black comes down, and he's going to scamper out of bounds to the 39-yard line. So it'll be either fourth down and about 15, or third down and 23.
1: Well, that was a nice job right there at the left defensive end spot. is number 55, Darren Powell, executed a really nice swim move. Got upfield and flushed Deuce Adams out of the pocket. and Discretion being the better part of that, if you're an offensive lineman, you just go ahead and grab the guy. right?
2: Don't want him to take we, want to, we don't want him to take a shot at your QB. Fibers will decline the penalty. We'll pause since seconds for station identification. You're listening to Vandegrifters Football on the Horn. So the Mavericks decline the penalty and brings up a fourth and thirteen with 56 six on the clock here in the third quarter.
1: Those offensive linemen get really protective of their quarterback. Don't want anybody touching him. Don't want right? anybody looking at him the wrong way. <laughs> I remember a game here. Uh, we were talking about Jack Gullett at halftime and. Drew Dawson scrambled, got knocked five-yard deep into the, into the Round Rock bench over there, and Big Jack Gullet went over there and said, give me back my quarterback. <laughs> knocked about five guys out of the way.
2: Oh, a beautiful, a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Well, timeout in the field taken by the Mavericks. Let's take it with them real quick here. You're listening to Randy Goodfuckers football on the horn. After the quick timeout, the punt is going to sail down to the 25-yard line. And knockdown right there at the 30. So, we will get it back here with 44 seconds to go. Five Vipers on the tackle, led by number
1: 56, Noah Reitman. Also, Adam Scott in there. Also, number
2: 15, Riker Scoglin getting in on the action. Nice audible there by Cole Dixon back in the studio. So, he can come back and bring that to you. Cole spending his last Friday night with us. We're going to miss you, Cole. Blanca's going to make the transition from working with us here to in the studio next week. Number 58, the
1: sophomore,
2: or he's a junior, I'm sorry, George Schrantz in the game at Nose Garden. 44 ticks left on the clock, 35-3, Vipers on top. And the handoff in the backfield, out across the 30, to the 35, out to the 36-yard line. Good hard running there by Joshua Williams, the junior. You're just joining us, and you think, oh, 35-3, whole hum, just what we expected. Not exactly.
1: Well, especially in relation to the last two years against the McNeil Mavericks where the games have been total blowouts. This, right. This game's been entertaining from, from the start.
2: To receivers wide to the right, clock picking down 15 seconds, final play of the quarter barring an incomplete pass or a penalty. Low snap, goes and gets it, hands it off out across the 40. He pinned it at the 47-yard line, the and flag. a comes flying in. Yeah, it looks like the tight end, number 35
1: for McNeil and Nathaniel Jackson. May have pulled a Viper down on top yeah. of him. Overhauser was about ready to blow that deal
2: up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, holding is the call.
1: Against the hey, when you get beat... And maybe you know it's okay to hold otherwise you get your running back uh, lit up that's the way I look at it maybe the referee's having a bad day they don't call it that's the other thing right right?
2: not holding if they don't call it second down and 14 after the penalty and the play clock or the game clock ticks down the final six seconds and we have reached the end of the third quarter So 36 minutes in the books, 12 minutes left in this one. 35-3 Vipers. We'll take a break be back to bring you the fourth and final quarter. You're listening to Brandon Goodfiber's football on the horn. And welcome back to Dragon Stadium. Second down and about 14 coming up. Mavericks now going from left to right at the 25-yard line. Merle Burchan and Hank Hudson here with two receivers to the left. 35-3 Vipers on top as the fourth quarter gets underway. Trying to go to 6-0 in the season and 3-0 in district play. Play action pass. Looking fine over to the left side. And deflected and intercepted. To the 20, to the 15, to the 5, and to the end zone touchdown. Aiden Scott. Aiden Scott. It went right through the fingertips of Scott Buchanan. I
1: think he, de- I think he deflected it or at, he least, did, yeah. at least distracted Aiden Jones, I'm sorry, number 22. And either deflected it or did enough of a job screening the receiver. Right into the waiting hands of number twenty-two, Aiden Jones, and what a game he's having, Merle! In coverage, doing a great job tackling, and now a pick six. And forty-one to three, your score. Whatever, whatever Aiden's mom fed him for breakfast this morning he to keep that uh, yeah. keep that <laughs> same breakfast routine.
2: Wow, the Olson off for the extra point out of the hole the mess to make a good snap and hold. The kick is up. And he pokes it through. He stays perfect. Eleven fifty to go in this one. All Vipers. Forty-two to three. Thirty-five unanswered points. We'll take a break and turn it back over to the defense. You're listening to you. Bandicoot Vipers Football on the Horn. Eleven minutes fifty seconds left in this one. Forty-two to three. Bandicoot on top. Charlie Reed set to kick it off from right to left us one up to the 2-yard line, returnable up to the 10, to the 15, to the 20. Up the near side, 25-30, look out, nice burst of speed and tripped up at the 39-yard line. Pretty good return there for the junior, Joshua Gaten, the running back. Sets up the Mavericks, first down and 10 with 11.42 to go.
1: Number 32, Alec Bauman, poss- possibly saving a touchdown there. He and Bryson Carter had to put a stop to that or it'd
2: have been off the races for a touchdown. Cedar Park Trailing College Station. That's uh, AM Consolidated 56 to 21. That's in the fourth quarter over at Gupton. Crockett leading Navarro 28 to 3. I think I gave you that score at the half. Lago Vista was in action tonight. Where did that go? I lost it.
1: Lago Vista has been making some playoff
2: runs. Yeah, they're, they're a, good, a good 4A program. They're playing the Navarro Panthers tonight. I think they're locked up six apiece. Two receivers left, one to the near side. First down and 10 Mavericks from their own 38-yard line. Now trips wide left, one to the near side. Empty back set for Soltz. Going to keep it himself up to the 40, and stays in bounds. A at the 44-yard line. Clock will continue to roll About a 5-yard pickup. Knocked down there by Aiden Jones, who just had the pick-six a moment ago.
1: Did a little, looks like he did a free-throw dribble there to <laughs> bring the ball back to himself. So interesting there, the, uh, the, uh, McNeil only lined up with the 10 guys, but they didn't break the huddle with 10. They lined up that way, and so they brought a guy off of the bench into the
2: formation, which... Right. Since there's no huddle, that's not a penalty. You can break it with fewer than 11, but not more than 11. Yes. Straight ahead handoff, not much running room. Good second effort to push across the 45 to the 46, picking up two yards on the play was Gaden
0: Adam Scott with the tackle.
2: Going to bring up a third down and, and two. I think it was Adam Scott in the stop. The Scotty Frazier, number
1: 73,
2: getting his turn at that nose guard spot. Trips wide left, third down and a long two from the 46 yard line. Ten and a half to go. Send the receiver in motion to the right side. And pass underneath, complete to the 50. Makes a nifty move and down to the 40 yard line. That was a nice move by Jarrell Gray, and a good for a first down for the Mavericks.
1: Scott Buchanan coming across the formation there to make the tackle, number 20. He's having an effective night as a
2: linebacker in his first start. Trips again, wide left, one of the near side. Sultz. in the shotgun. Gaiden lined up in the pistol behind him. Trips wide left, one of the near side. Dropping back, pass underneath, and batted away, great job there. Once again, what a game he's having. That's Aiden Jones yeah. timing it perfectly.
1: Don't throw it my way because I'm going to break it up or I'm going to run it back for a touchdown. I mean, that's all he's done tonight. Yeah, but the third time tonight he's reached over and swatted it away. Going right through the hands there, Merle. That's outstanding job defensively by number 22, Aiden Jones.
2: looked like he lost the handle bounced it kind of back up to him and he's going to be smothered under for a loss on the stop for the Vipers as Riker Scoglin had a couple of assistants there going to bring up a third and 11 Scott Buchanan again
1: proving not only can he catch the ball he can also do a great job tackling
2: one receiver left two to the near side There's that counter play again to and Ben Boer slowed him up, and then the Cavalier arrives, going to stack that one up for a one-yard loss. That's big number seventy-three. Scotty Frazier
1: Josh doing a good job scraping down the line of scrimmage there and closing the door after right. Ben Boer stuck his foot there.
2: Yeah, the Salt starts right, gives it the wrap around counter back to the left, and the Vipers weren't fooled at all. Fourth and twelve coming up. Mavericks, nothing to lose here. Going to go for it.
1: This is a new song from the Vandegrift Vipers band. I don't know if I've heard
2: this one. I haven't heard this one before. Fourth down and 12. Bumble the snap. Rolling back to his right now after picking it up. and just fires over here to the near sideline. One hops over there. Incomplete pass there to make sure it was David Overhauser. Incomplete. But the quarterback was flushed out of the pocket. Turnover on downs. Vipers are going to back with 8.26 to go.
1: Little, little more than making sure. Gave him a pretty good pop right yeah, there. Yeah. That's the kind of hit you're going to feel in the morning. So, what about this Vandegrift Pfeiffer's band? 12th man? I mean, that's pretty impressive. There has been a, I can't, I've lost track of the number of times where they, they get involved in the game. They, they're active participants in what's
2: going on in the field. Well, just looking across the way, Hank, they're taking up about one fourth of the visiting bleachers <laughs> over there. What a unit. First and ten, Vipers.
1: Looks like they're going for another uh, state or national championship based on what you saw
2: in the yeah. halftime performance. Hand off to Kent Sullivan. Across the 45, out to the 50. Good for about a seven-yard pickup. Second down and three as Deuce Adams stays in the ballgame. No, Messermaker's in, sorry. Yeah. Messermaker in at quarterback. That makes more sense. Second down and three. Liberty Hill. Goes down to San Antonio, beats Veterans Memorial tonight, night 28-21. To the Panthers have been ravaged with injuries, but still making a push for the playoffs. Second down and three from the 50-yard strike. Handoff, and that's going to be good for a first down. Off-right tackle, hard-earned running there by Kent Sullivan. Gain of four, first and ten from the 46. Sullivan doing a good job there behind
1: the first string offensive line. That's all your starters in there, including number 88, Jay Scoglin, who should be an offensive lineman. Right.
2: I thought it was interesting as Sullivan came in late in that first half as the blocking back on that package when they were trying to move it down the field. He gets the carry again and gets good results. It's going to be good for at least 9 or 10 yards down to the 35. They're going to give him a 11. So an 11-yard pickup for Sullivan to the 35. Vipers moving right down the field here. First time 10 at the 35-yard line. To make her in a quarterback. Mavericks band below to our right trying to... Anything you can do, I can do better than the Viper band.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Very many bands are going to be able to hit the standard of the Vipers marching band.
2: 10 at the 35-yard line. We win that battle every week. That's true. He's trying to head the handoff, pushing the pile down to the 31. It's the new back end. I'm going to guess that's Emmanuel, but I want to make sure when he gets up here.
1: Might have been nope, 48.
2: 21. That's 48, yeah. Gain 04, second and six. It's just an embarrassment of riches.
1: It really is. really is. But what can you say about how that you kind know, of waterfalls into the, to set the success that the Vipers continue to have? You get right. the extra practices because of the deep playoff runs, and you've got 40 or 50 guys per class filling out the program. And, you know, you have to keep them all engaged. That's right. the thing. They're 17-, 18-year-old young men. You've got to keep them engaged. Keep them interested.
2: 48 again inside the 30 down to the 29-yard line. Another two yards going to bring up a third down and four. Ran that ball right behind the new left tackle. Austin Lewis, who just checked into the game.
1: Seeing a couple of new guys on the offensive line. Also tied in, number 37's in the game. He had a catch last week. That's Bridge Walker. Number 17, Brock Chilton, a sophomore who's deputized very
2: effectively. Yep. Third down and four from the 29-yard line. Fournier again, straight ahead, running inside the 25, down to the 23. Good for six yards and another Viper first down.
1: What a big-time block by number 76, Jadrian Smith, a junior offensive lineman. Looks like he's playing that left guard spot, Murrow. Pulled and led right up into the hole. Fournier got in his back pocket, first down, Vipers.
2: Clock continues to roll, coming up at the five-minute mark, 42-3, Vanderbilt on top.
1: This is the Viper Boa Constrictor unit. Right. The boa Constrictor
2: offense sucking the life out of the game. Handoff off. Off right tackle. Breaking tackles inside the 20. Pushing it down to the 18-yard line. That time it was Ben Emanuel, the senior running back, making his second and third carry of the night. Picks up five, second and five.
1: Another great block by 76, Jadrian Smith. You get to see him next year and then Number 18, Bryce El also with a great block on that play. Five yards and a cloud of dust.
2: You know, they just given up and they've turned off the play clocks entirely. So two receivers here to the near side. Mestermaker with a handoff. Emmanuel off right tackle. Breaking tackles, gets it down to about the 16, maybe the 17. Short gain of two yards on the play, gonna bring up a third down and three.
1: And I'll tell you what, it's nice to see some of these backup offensive linemen. Jackson Barr is in the game at the left guard, or excuse me, the right guard. Smith, number 76, at the left guard, number 70. The aforementioned Austin Lewis playing left tackle. He's a junior.
2: And our first injury of the night, McNeil's Bobby Holland shaking up a little bit, the linebacker, but he's getting up and walking off the field under his own power. Senior linebacker for the Mavs. First injury of the night, and we've got 349 to go. That's a
1: good development. Looks like he's making his way off the field. Yep.
2: Well, McNeil's got a big game coming up next week. They have to take on Westwood. They're both going to be one and two. The winner of that one is going to be very much alive for the playoff race.
1: The plot thickens, Merle. The game is afoot. Playoff implications. District play. Get a shout out to Jim Oliver. Long time Viper fan yeah. and prominent Booster Club member, Pop Warner coach. Jim's done it all.
2: Handoff. Oliver to the 15 is going to pick up the first down of the 10, pushing the pile four down to the 9. It'll be first and goal for Vandegrift. Yeah, I see him everywhere baseball, basketball. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's Jim Oliver. He's everywhere. What a great supporter Jim has been for this community. There's a lot of A lot of guys and and moms like that that just just do a great job turning up. All these volunteer spots that have to be filled. The Booster Club, I know you work with them on putting the broadcast together. But, you know, just some amazing volunteers in this Four Points community.
2: Even when the kids are long gone, they stick around and keep Uh doing stuff. Hand off again. Oliver picks his way to the five and going to be down to about the four. Gets a push all the way down to about the three-yard line. Going to bring up a second down and goal from about the three. 2.52 2.52 to go.
1: This offensive line unit is.
2: They're rope as you like I to say. I mean,
1: they are. They're rolling around in the slop and making it look good. <laughs> Jackson Barr looks like he's not missing any mills in there. He's a s- steamroller.
2: Second down, a goal from the three. 2.27 to go. Hand off. Oliver, uh, really stacked up. Nice pride play there by the Maverick defense. Going to bring up a third down and goal.
0: It's
1: a good-looking unit. Sam Perry's still in there at right tackle, but that he's the only starter. Of course, we get to see Jackson Barr and all those goal line sets. He's right. kind of the sixth man up there.
2: Third down, a goal from the three. One receiver to the right, one to the near side. Mastermaker, handoff. Hand off, Oliver. He's going to be stacked up at the line of scrimmage and lose a yard or two. So fourth down. McNeil defense, got to tip your hat to him, Hank. They bent a lot, gave up a lot of yards, but they kept the Vipers out of the end zone. Fourth down coming up.
1: Well, what a contrast, Merle, versus this time last year. I think this was the score at halftime. Right.
2: Last year.
1: And McNeil has obviously improved. A lot of sophomores on this Farsi squad. I think they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with in the perennial playoff contenders. They got a, they got a shot this year.
2: Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Vipers keep the offense on the field here, fourth and goal with the five. See if this unit can punch it in. Field goal doesn't prove anything. So Mastermaker in the shotgun. Panned off and digging towards the goal line is emmanuel did he get it in not quite going to get it down to about the one and a half yard line and the maverick defense will stiffen and get the turnover on downs with 56 seconds to go so nice drive by the viper offense comes up a bit empty and uh kudos to mcneil for keeping him out of the end zone a lot of pride on both sides of the ball there
1: As you said earlier, Merle, a lot of these guys know each other. The coaches know each other. The players know each other. We've seen some real competitive intensity yep. during the game play, a little chippiness. But there will be hugs and handshakes at the conclusion of this game, not much is certain.
2: 56-26, College Station over Cedar Park tonight. 56-28, that's the final. So time for a play or two here. As the Mavericks take over, first down and 10 at their own three-yard line. Up under center assaults, And he just dives out across the five to get a little extra maneuvering room. Second down and eight coming up. Time for one more snap, perhaps.
1: Well, we've played 95% of the football game, and we finally have a play under center.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> oh, how times have changed. No huddles, though.
2: True. Pistol formation, salts. And off in the backfield and then wrapped up and dropped right there. Is that 72 or 42?
1: That's 42. 42, Adam
2: Scott on the stop.
1: In the 45, Carter Fodoks in the game. Hugo De La, Santa, De La Vara, uh, let's see, De La Vara Vasquez, sorry. Hugo's in the game at right defensive end, Scotty Frazier.
2: Mavericks have time for one final play. Five seconds left. Third down and ten. Handoff straight ahead running and knocked out at the 6-yard line, and that is going to do it.
1: 19, Connor Stevens,
2: Big-time defensive stop there. Scoreboard reads zeros, and the Vipers get the win tonight by a final score of 42-3. to Very impressive performance by the Vipers. It took them a while to kind of almost get into the game, but uh, once they realized they had a game on their hands, they responded the way you would want them to respond.
1: Well, I think a lot of that I think you're exactly right, Manuel. But I think a lot of that uh, goes to McNeil's performance, coming out with a lot of energy, Yep. Uh, a good disciplined game plan. I think they, the improvement is, is really kind of striking in terms of how much better they are right. than this time last year. And uh, as we, as we said a couple times, I think you're going to, you're going to be see them in the playoff picture, maybe this year and then for years to
2: come. Well, they've already gone through Vista Ridge and Vandergrift. Defeated Vista Ridge last week. Played very competitively tonight against uh, the Vipers. We'll see what they do next week against uh, Westwood. But uh, the Vipers improved to 6-0, 3-0 in district play. And uh, they've got a short week before they hop back on the bus and make the short trip right back over here to Dragon Stadium for their showdown against Ron Rock next Thursday night.
1: Well, I can't recall a time since this district's since vandergrift has been in this district, where that has not been a really big game. Right. And it's it'd to be the same thing this year. You've got the two the first and second place team in the district, two undefeated teams in terms of district play. Round Rock did lose some games in the in the pre-district play, but you know they're, they're you know they're going to be good. You know, they've got athletes. They, you know, how many, how many we watched Deuce Vaughn three consecutive years, right? Uh run up and down this field. He's playing for the Cowboys now, isn't he? But yeah. we know the Round Rock Dragons are going to be uh, salty. And that's a Thursday night game. It's 6A football, I think what Coach Sanders is going to expect and demand from his team is a, is a faster start to the football game. You can't let a team come out and seize the initiative, seize the momentum, and I think McNeil did that a little bit tonight. Right, and, uh, That's a good thing for the, the Vipers. We don't want a bunch of layups and you know easy victories. You want to get pushed competitively and Full credit to McNeil. The McNeil Mavericks, they certainly did that tonight. Very competitively intense football game. Great job by the coaching staff for McNeil. Uh, The Vipers responded well. And 42-3 is a flattering scoreline, I think, but a good football game.
2: Absolutely agree. 43-3, the final score. We'll take an extended break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Coach Sanders a couple of times. First, uh, with his question number two do you care about me? And then uh, Marcus is down there on the field right now, trying to get in a word with the coach and get his toss on tonight's big win here for the Viper. So 42 to three, the final score. We'll take a break. Be back for the post game show. You're listening to Brandon, the Viper's football on the horn.
3: Hi, Viper fans. It's coach Sanders again with the Viper minute where we touch on and talk about just the things that make us who we are, as opposed to just being a football team. Uh, the last few weeks, we've gotten a chance to talk about our hallmarks of discipline, effort, toughness, and honor. In this time of the year, we move on to our three questions we ask ourselves Are you committed to excellence? Do you care about me? And can I trust you? Um, and so last week, we talked about Are you committed to excellence? And then so tonight, let's talk about Do you care about me? I mean, I, ca- I can tell you that love and care are way better motivator than fear. And we've all had bosses, I had a coach. Um, we've had people that operate, maybe a, unfortunately a parent that operate, um, off of fear that every statement or a large part of statements are threatening, um, or if I don't do this, then this will happen. And it's a way to do it, but I don't think it's the best way. And so for us, I felt like I wanted to base our program out of love and care for each other. And I think if we can build that relationship between coaches and players and players and players, um, that we'd play harder and that we'd um, work harder and that we we would be able to be ready for the fourth down play because the guy next to me matters to me as opposed to just being a guy in a jersey on the same team. And so we start with that question, do you care about me? And when our freshmen asks ask that question, they snicker a little bit because they can't understand the relationship that we're going to have by the time that they stick with it by the time they're seniors. And the respect I'm going to have for them and vice versa. Um, And so we just start talking openly and honestly uh, about our relationship has to be based on love and care rather than the other. And um, I I tell uh, my seniors all the time that I love them, and um, and a lot of them will say it back to me because I think that that um, is what I want to be known for as a coach. You know, one of these days I'll be done coaching. You know, hopefully I've got several more years, but I want that to be a legacy of he was a good mentor of young men. He loved his players, and he would do anything for them. And I think that hopefully my team uh, feels that every every year. And then I want the same thing between each other, too, as team members. You know, no clicks. Let's care about each other. Even if that person isn't your best friend, he's your teammate. And so I think that all of that carries out, and I think you see that actually play out on Friday night when we, you know we get down or something bad happens. You don't see a ton of finger pointing on the sideline. You see a lot of pat- patting on the back encouragement, claps, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that that foundation is built on that question, do you care about me?
2: Welcome back to Dragon Stadium. 42-3, a final score of the Vandica Vipers with a big win tonight to improve to 6-0 in district play, 3-0, or 6-0 overall, 3-0 in district play. We'll talk about the district standings and what's coming up here in just a minute. But just a few moments ago, uh, Marcus Spears was able to catch up to head coach Drew Sanders down at the sidelines. Let's hear what Coach Sanders had to say about tonight's big Viper win.
5: Thanks, guys. Coach, congratulations on a win. Uh, In the pregame interview, you talk about the importance of This game, how did that trickle down to the importance of this game, this play, this assignment?
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, if we're gonna if we're going to have a good season, it really is imperative that we don't look ahead. And there's a lot of people that I'm guarantee we're talking to the kids about Round Rock. Round Rock's coming up next week. It's Thursday. It's all this stuff. And so I was really proud of our ability to fight through some stuff um, because McNeil is getting better. And, And anybody. They have to see that because they are just really gave us fits for a little bit. So I was proud of our ability to come out and then fight back a little resistance and get going.
5: Um, I should have asked this at the end of the half, but I'm asked now that, that last play at the end of the half was that a design tip?
3: Uh, 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 no, but it is. We do position Jordan at the back for the tip. That's just our Hail Mary. And um, the receiver went for it just like we thought, and then he is told not to jump. And just stand there and wait, and it is exact, actually it happened exactly and that was just such a killer to, to them and such a boost for us to go up twenty-eight three at half.
5: All right. Uh, tomorrow, big college football day, uh Texas OU predictions, Alabama versus AM predictions. What you got? I got uh, I got Bama barely beating A and M,
3: and I got Texas by seven over Oklahoma. All
5: right, thanks, coach. Have All a right. nice day. Thanks, man. All right, back to you guys.
3: How about
2: that? Not not only does Marcus Spears get us the, uh, whoops, I'm gonna kill this here. Not only does Marcus Spears get us the answer to the the question about the halftime break, but in the in all the years I've been doing this, I don't think anybody's ever asked him Texas OU prediction. Well done, Marcus, and mm-hmm. he, and he got him, you got him to go on the record. And gave you a scoreline. Yeah. Texas by seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he picks uh, Bama to beat the Aggies. That's, right, right. That's like the perfect
2: answer for uh, the Austin radio crowd. So we got our answer to the mystery question. Yeah. Not necessarily just sort of a semi-designed semi-design play. Semi-designed yeah. play. So uh, interesting. He seemed like he's in a pretty good mood, pretty satisfied with the second half. And I think, Marcus, one of the things that slowed the Vipers down is they've raced after to these gigantic halftime and then kind of stumbled their toes a little bit in the second half. They kept going in the second half here tonight. I think that's maybe will put them in a better mood.
5: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, keep, keep the offense, uh, keep the running game going, milk the clock. out, Just keep things uh, moving at a great pace. That seems like the strategy going into the second half.
1: So we heard Coach Sanders say in his remarks there to interview with Marcus about – the it may be some of the you know team and uh, you know the community certainly thinking about the game next week against, against Round Rock on Thursday night because the last 5 years ever since we've entered this district that has been the game that's of the, the game. season yep. uh, the big rival they're the only district opponent uh, in uh, so far to beat Vandergriff in a district game they've done it twice so that's going to be a big game on Thursday they're coming in at 3 and 0 undefeated in district play so this is the money game for Vandergriff in terms of you know, capturing an outright district championship, they've got to go through Round Rock to get that. So I was really inter- interested to hear him say that maybe to start off, you know, the, maybe had some of the players right. looking a week ahead. They're 17- and 18-year-old young men, only natural, uh, you know, especially after the last couple of seasons you know, putting the shellacking on McNeil. I think they might have come out a little flat, and I think McNeil uh, stepped up and did a really good job to give us some adversity.
2: I completely agree, and you know everybody think a lot of people might think, well, Ron Rock is just three and three. They're, they're winning, by the way, forty-two to seventeen in the fourth quarter over remainder. so they will go to uh, three and zero in District, three and three overall. But they started the year zero and three. And everybody's thinking, what's going on with Ron Rock? Ron Rock's down, blah 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 blah. Well, they got a new head coach that came in relatively late because Coach Cheatham is now the athletic director for Ron Rock ISD, so they're kind of figuring it out and figuring figuring it out and getting back to what Ron Rock does. And here we go again. We'll be back here six uh, six days from now to uh, not crown a district champion, but see who's going to have the inside track for sure.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And we, we what we know will happen next week is Round Rock is big, physical. They're going to try and push us around up front. Uh, we've been playing all year with a three-man off, uh, defensive line. And it's going to be interesting. Uh, last year and the, and the previous couple of years, Dogs had a lot of success running the football against right. the Vipers defense, more so than any other team we've played during the regular season, at least consistently, Merle. It seems like they've always managed to put together an offensive game plan, which allows them to kind of matriculate the
2: ball down the field, take up a lot of time in possession, and make it a very competitive football game. Well, uh, Marcus, first time uh, doing the sideline, first time being with us here in the booth. Your final thoughts here before I let you go?
5: Um, very exciting it's it's good to be on the sidelines see it from a whole different view that I'm accustomed to and you get to see the speed of the guys the size of the guys and and you also get to see how every the how the coaching staff relaxes the team in dire situations or what may seem to be dire situations right. how they just seem to just keep it professional even though they're you know kids but keep it professional and just like Coach says, uh, like Coach said in uh, the pregame interview, it's the importance of the next game. Right. And that's the reason why I asked him the importance of the next game, importance of this play, importance of this assignment.
2: Well, awesome job tonight, and we will see you uh, next week. Hank, your final thoughts? Uh, great
1: job, Vipers. I'm excited to play the Round Rock Dragons as usual. Uh, Marcus, you can just leave the equipment here because we're getting back on Thursday. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, Really enjoying watching the, as the season uh, develops, Merle, the combination of the running backs, Zade Oliver and Brendan Fortier. So they had about 100 yards rushing tonight between the two of them. Right. But the carries were split up. So you had Brendan Fortier carry the ball seven times uh, for 51 yards and a touchdown. Zade Oliver got 10 carries for about 61 yards. So, you know, they're approaching every week that 100-yard mark between the two of them without having to shoulder the entire burden. Right. And so, you, you know, you've got a couple of fresh horses and then we've got Ken Sullivan coming in and doing a good job. So, the, you know, the, the ben depth. Ben
2: Emanuel coming in. Yeah. The, uh, the depth of this football team is really, really impressive. Well, we'll see uh, what that depth gets him next week when Ron Rock uh, takes on the Vipers for first place in the district. McNeil drops to 1-2 in the district, 3-3 three and three overall. They've got a huge game, uh, game coming up uh, next Friday night at Kelly Reese Athletic Center against the Westwood Warriors. Good luck to Coach Scott Hermans the rest of the way. We can start rooting for him again now that, uh, now that we're done playing them. So uh, good luck to Moneal the rest of the way. Uh, the Vipers improved to 6-0 overall, 3-0 in district play, and as we've been talking about here throughout the entire second half, Taking on Ron Rock Thursday night right back here at Dragon Stadium. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back with you again from Dragon Stadium next Thursday night. It's Vipers Battle of the Ron Rock Dragons for first place in District 25-6A. Former broadcast partners Hank Hudson and Scott Schauffer. Scott, hope to see you soon. Marcus Spears, our engineer and sideline reporter. Cole Dixon back at the studio. Linda Saul will keep an eye on the Vipe side. My name is Merle Bertrand. Signing off from Dragon Stadium in Round Rock, where the Bandigan Vipers had defeated the Manil Mavericks by a final score of forty-two to three. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Thursday night for more Viper football. Good night, everybody.
3: K two seven zero CO Round Rock twelve six.